Hello, everyone. Today is Turdos, Evening Star the 12th. And this is another fantastic episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, we're going to get into ESO's launch date has been announced. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! My, where's my backup singers? Go ahead, Shank. Let's let's not do that singing. You're like a part. professional. This work gets a hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll leave the rest uh, to you to find people out there uh, and your imagination to see if I can hit those higher notes. Uh, reaction to the launch date announcement will occur from all of us over here at Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, we have a video showcase this week as well. War in Cyrodiil. This week in the Elder Scroll, Lou will show us Faiths of Tamriel, part 2. And we've got your dev question of the week. The host mod challenge of the week, where Shank will give his rendition, or lack thereof, of Undead Races. And your emails. I am your humble host this evening and fellow Tamrielic adventurer, Ivarwin. And I am joined by the lore master, the one and only Quest Gaming Network's lore master, and Elder Scrolls off the record, Lou, the lore master, Olan. Hello, Ivarwin. Hello, chat room. Hello, everyone. What's going on? And we're joined by the one and only, the very controversial, <laughs> the man who can stir all of Bethesda against him with pitchforks. <laughs> 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 Ripping down his basement apartment door. <laughs> Shank the tank. Hello, internet. Um, I would just like to say before we start the show proper, um, I received many supportive comments and tweets from the internet this morning, something I was not expecting because the internet is the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, thank you very much um, for not only reading my uh, piece, but also being supportive of it. Uh, that Honestly, that really does mean a lot, because I was not expecting it. So thank you very much. And we are also joined by you, our chat room. Those of you at home on YouTube and listening in your cars, commuting to work. Have a safe ride, guys. You're in Tamriel until you get there. Uh, you will notice a complete lack of Dave. And and yes. be, and because of there's no Dave, uh, this show is immensely better. <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to say because the poor guy's you know probably you know face down right now in his bed wishing he was not alive. So um, he's sick, unfortunately. Uh, he gets really bad migraines, and um, he couldn't make the show. He told me earlier today can't do it. So. You know, we hope he feels better. He should be on next week. Um, if if you have not, if you if you did not know about this, and I don't think anyone did know about this. Um, we're just I'm just going to say right now, we'll remind you next week. Uh, we're going to be taking a break regarding um, regarding Christmas and New Year's. So starting Sunday, um, December 22nd, and then all the way to I believe it's going to be uh, the second of January. We're not going to be releasing any podcasts, you know, across the um, across the uh, the network. 
So uh, this show will have before Christmas its final episode uh, before Christmas and before the new year, uh, the 19th. And then uh, we're taking off the 26th. There will not be an Elder Scrolls off the record on the 26th. We will come back the 2nd of January 2014 for Elder Scrolls off the record. So we've got this show. Next week we'll have a show, and then that'll be it until January 2nd. Um, and and um, I don't think I've told anybody on the network this. So so everyone's got the weekend off, by the way. So <laughs> Everyone's got Christmas and New Year's off. <laughs> Uh, but first, we've got something quick to mention. Lou, would you please regale us? Sure thing. Quick to mention, by the nine. Or for some of you, the eight plus the one. Boo. A Shrine of Talos is up for pre-order sale on on the store at bethsoft.com. Store.bethsoft.com. Created by Gaming Heads at GamingHeads.com. The statue stands at 14 inches tall. Impressive. Most impressive. One six scale. <laughs> it's hand painted, and it is currently going for one hundred and eighty dollars U.S. And it also includes a full color package, a hand number base, and a certificate of authenticity. Now, bear in mind there will only be seven hundred and fifty of these made, and is the first piece out of a series of Elder Scrolls shrines. Holy crap! <laughs> Elder Scrolls fans, this is a must. Yes, it is. An exclusive edition exists for $199 US, and it includes a faux bronze finish and limited to 350 pieces worldwide. Yes, oh, worldwide. How, uh, how do you feel about that, Shank? You're going to have a little piece of Talos adorning your, your uh, Alduin statue behind you? I, I, would, shrine. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to have all of them if I wasn't getting a... a uh, surgery done in the near future but my god i mean if you guys haven't seen this look it's gorgeous and just guys just imagine my fellow co-hosts just imagine all of the adra just in your apartment or house or whatever just all of the oh my god that's that's kind of like the thing i mean you really you if you get this this uh if you get this sucker you owe it to yourself to just continue the collection yeah, you got to get all of them. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. Um and I mean here here it is in its in its full glory. I mean that's that's Talos right there, brother. Yeah. It, it reminds me of one of the mods I played. Uh well, one of the mods I still have, the Karanthia uh, Tower. Uh the modder had actually created, you know how you see all the statues of mm-hmm. the of the nine all throughout Skyrim. Hmm. He actually shrunk them all down and actually made something like that in various places of the tower. So that just makes this all the more exciting for for someone like me who actually had that mod and you see all these little little mini statues of the gods. Yeah. Now you get to do it yourself for real. <laughs> That's so sick. It's really cool. I, I mean, look at the detail, man. It's, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. This is such this is such an Elder Scrolls fan must have. I mean for I mean God. You know, $180, it doesn't sound like a like a tremendous amount of money. But when you when you look at how many that they're going to be coming out with, I mean, I, I know how I am. If I get that Talos statue, I, I sure as hell am getting every single one that comes out just so I can have it, like, displayed, like, right over here, just, like, on a really long shelf, just all of my, my shrines. Like, I would definitely do that. <laughs> Bacon one in the chat saying, a series of shrines, and they start with a fake one. 
Ooh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ooh, the foe oh, got. Wow. Oh. Wow. Boat kick bacon born. Bacon born. <laughs> he just he just drilled Talos. Drilled him. <laughs> My God, your very lies, <laughs> dude! Wow, that imperial. <laughs> Alto would say does it cure diseases every <laughs> time. I know, right? Wow, every college dorm room should be outfitted with this thing. Then, <laughs> yeah, be a bus. <laughs> What's happening with Jimmy? Oh man, he's not feeling well. Why? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, he tried to pray to Talos and nothing happened. <laughs> Walk of shame back to the dorm room. Pray to Talos before you go to bed. <laughs> oh man! No. Big thanks to uh, Andrew from Tamriel Foundry, Kyle from Shoddycast, and Road from Tisocast who brought their thoughts and opinions on ESO Alliance Two last week and turned our interview with Nick Conkle into a tremendous success. Thanks again to Nick Conkle for being so generous with his time and for hanging out with us and, of course, for putting up with me. <laughs> um, did you guys – you guys saw that episode, right there, Shank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually um, – I was at my relatives and I came back after having dinner and I, uh, I uh, actually – I happened to catch – I think it was right uh, when uh, the, the uh, questions uh, – to Nick uh, started being posed. Actually, no, it was before that. It was when um, you guys were t going through your talking points. So I stayed through that all the way through the end. And um, I, I have to say there was a lot of information, uh, many different uh, perspectives, points of view. And of course, the, the chat room was very, very lively. So um, I would like to reiterate my thanks to Nick, Jess, and Gina, who were, uh, who were in the chat room as well. Sure. Lou, what uh, what were some of your thoughts on, on ESO Alliance 2? Uh, first of all, that was... One of the best interviews I'd seen. Uh, I mean, the questions that were being posed, the involvement of the chat room, and like Shank said, Gina and Jess were amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, taking time out to answer questions, you know, clear up them some things. And Nick, Nick being Nick, being the the true gentleman, you know, taking his time, being careful, and dodging some stuff as we know. <laughs> <laughs> And appropriately, no, dodge increased to thirty. Um, <laughs> appropriately so, of course. Yes. Stealth, stealth increased, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, it was a lot of fun. It was very informative, and I hope uh, everyone who tuned in or watched it later on, listened to it later on, actually walked away with a lot more information. Uh, you know, that's that's going to help them make the decisions about the games. You know. Yeah. Um, what I what I really enjoyed about that was that it was just. You know, interviewing a developer when when you're just you know some some derpy podcaster like myself is is really nerve wracking, and it's great to be able to rely and lean my back on on these guys, um, and and that's exactly what happened. You know, we were we were throwing questions out you know together as as uh, you know community guys, and and Nick was right there just. You know, no holds barred, answering those questions and, and making sure that, you know, the right statements were, were, were making making it out to the community as a whole. So it was, it was definitely it was fantastic. It was such a thrill for me. It was a thrill for the guys. Uh, we all loved having Nick on there. He's such a great guy. He really is. And um, just, you know, just a real no errors kind of a dude. And uh, just, it comes across and, and uh, he's very excited about the game as, as we all are. 
Uh, maybe not Shank, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe two out of three right now. But yes, <laughs> yeah, two out of three ain't bad, of course. Um, so there's that. Uh, where can you where can you see it? Certainly, um, our YouTube channel, QuestGamingNetwork.com forward slash YouTube. No, that's the other way around. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, what? It's youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. <laughs> and, of course, uh, right there on Tamriel Foundry's website as well. It's, it's right on their main page. Um, and they've got a tremendous amount of uh, discussion going on on their forums at tamrielfoundry.com. Check it out. Weigh in on, on the discussion over there as well. Uh, we're about to get into our discussion topics, but not before we play our magical bumper. You guys ready? <laughs> Here we go. In their tongue is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. Okay. <laughs> yay, live! Yay for yay for liveness. Um, so ESO launch date has been announced. One of the biggest moments followers of Elder Scrolls Online have been awaiting is finally here. The release date of ESO was released on ElderScrollsOnline.com and is Friday, April 4th, 2014 to PC and Mac worldwide. For those of you waiting for the one for the one, for one of 2013's most anticipated MMO titles to release on Xbox One, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Details were also given, stating that the console version of the game will be coming in June 2014. However, no specific date has been mentioned at this time. Game director Matt Fire stated on the official announcement, uh, we long ago promised that as soon as a version of the game is ready, we will launch it. So we're happy to announce that the game will launch worldwide for PC and Mac players on Friday, April 4th, 2014. While PlayStation 4 and Xbox One fans will see the game arriving on consoles in June 2014. He also spoke a bit about this past year's beta testing, stating that the latest test done in November had over 300,000 participants in 48 hours. Right now, one of the biggest questions remaining is if and when they will release their open beta. With over 4 million people who signed up for the beta and the amount of invites growing with each test, people will be clamoring to the internet to ask, how long till open beta? So, Lou, your reaction to some of this? Well, when I first heard the date the other day, I was I was honestly shocked. I couldn't believe they actually did it. it to me, it felt like it was out of the blue. Mm. Like, you know, the previous mm-hmm. week, just at ES Alliance, and the Conklin and all of a sudden, oh, oh, by the way, here's the, here's the release date. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Wow. What was over that truck that just ran me over? Okay. But, <laughs> but as you mentioned there, you know, over 4 million people signed up to beta test. And now they're, they're actually getting, I, I guess, their desire. Like, you know what? The game's coming out. Now you have the definitive date, barring any any bad things from happening. I mm. would. You know, the, the game is there. You know you can start setting your calendars. You can pencil them in. You know, unfortunately, well, I don't know what the deal is with the, the consoles, but at least, you know, every system now has a date. They can start preparing. 
and, you know, getting ready. You know, like for me, I'll, I'll take days off because, you know, I'm like that. <laughs> right. I totally tend <laughs> yeah, to do now, that. Yeah, now's the time to start planning your vacation, guys. <laughs> uh, Shank, what about you? I mean, uh, release date, April 4th, 2014. I mean, what did, what did you think when you heard it? That was – I have to agree with Lou. I was not expecting to hear anything about the, the a concrete date this early, and I'm doing air quotes um, because, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's technically spring. So, I mean, what, what caught me, uh, what I paid uh, particular attention to personally was that there was um, PC and Mac on April 4th and consoles on June 2014. Um I don't see that as a bad thing. Why do I not see that as a bad thing? Um, because there are, you know, launching a massive game, especially one that has extremely high anticipation such as this, there are going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of stress and load on the, the server and they're basically all their IT. So you don't want to, from a purely IT standpoint, you don't want to stress your system by launching on everything instantly and risking having something really serious happen, um, kind of like GTA Online. So the fact that they, they're doing what's called a staggered release, I, I, I appreciate. I, I think that's that's a really smart move. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that the consoles have to wait until June, but you know what? I mean, it's pro- they're doing it for the benefit of the consoles, honestly. Mm. Um I think it's a very good strategic move, um, but yeah, initially I was kind of it caught me off guard, like Lou said. I, I I was not expecting a release date announcement, honestly. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing that I think a lot of people are are actually really like <laughs> uh, surprised about was was the fact that uh, there was nothing leading up to up to the announcement. No one no one teased it out. No one said, uh, "Hey, we got a big announcement coming for you next week." Nothing like that. It was just, you know, oh, you know, today's oh, today's Tuesday. Oh, wow, holy crap! You know, Elder Scrolls Online's coming out. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the other thing too is that you know we've been talking about Elder Scrolls Online since they announced it. What was it May of two thousand ten? Twelve. Two thousand twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about it for quite a while, and it, it almost like it almost feels like this kind of thing that's just never going to actually come out. We're just going to perpetually just be talking about you know all this all this stuff, and it's it feels nice to finally like. Not about you, but I'm just so ready for this game to come out, and you know I can't wait to to finally move this show from the discussion of you know. Um, what's this game going to look like, and is is the is Elder Scrolls appropriate for an MMO? Is an MMO appropriate for Elder Scrolls? And is, you know, all the speculation and what's going to be in the game and how are they building it? Like, I'm just so finally done with that kind of discussion. I want to start talking about what I did in the game and playing the game and, you know, new updates coming out and patch notes and, like, all this stuff. And we're close, man. We're close. April 4th. That's not even... That's not even as long away or far away as it sounds. I mean, we're... We're halfway through December. You've got January, February, March. That's it. Because there's four days in in April that you got to get to in order to get to the release date, and you know that week is going to be like you know crazy and insane. Um. Okay. So I guess that sort of begs the question: 
with everything on the show, we we take the information and we just plop it in front of you, and then we start you know picking it out little pieces here and there, and start analyzing it. Um, what does this mean for such things like open beta, and what does it mean for the current state of the game? What does this mean for information we're still waiting to hear about? And what does this mean for the timing of its release versus the time of the year? And what does this mean for the impact of this of the time delay between worldwide PC Mac versus the release of Xbox One and PS4? So let's let's um, let's grab a couple of these points here. What does this mean for open beta? And uh, and Lou, why don't you why don't you start off on this? What does this mean for open beta? Well, uh. Thinking positively, that probably, since they did have the release date announced, that we should all expect to see an announcement for an open beta <clears throat> relatively soon. Now, I wouldn't be surprised now if they did one, if they started you know, throwing out little teasers saying, you know what, uh, turn of the new year or middle of January, however, you know, be prepared because it's, it, it's, it's going to start. You know, at the very least... A month, so expect to see something in. I would expect to see something in March, where March is an open beta period. You know, we maybe get January, February as the last two months of, uh, you know, closed beta and, and teasing for the open beta uh, period to arrive. So, who knows? Thirty days, you know, one month, open beta in March definitely. You know, that's what I'm thinking. What about you, Shank? I think I, I kind of have to agree. Like I would, I would think that they would start doing, um, you know, keep keep the time from now until the new year uh, clean. Oh, you know, just just let the release date marinate with your fans and you know, uh, podcasts such as uh, us. So let that sink in. Let let us mull it over. Talk about it speculate on it, look at the implications just like we're doing now, and then in the new year, say you can expect open beta in I don't know, January, February, and like give a release date and maybe, you know, really start hyping the marketing for that open beta. So I think I think maybe they I, I think they're gonna probably do like a thirty day open beta a month, probably in February. Um, keep March no open beta, so that it you you know you give those players a taste during February, and say and you know they'll be like oh my god I want more I want more and then they get through March, and then bam the game is out in April. So uh, that's that's honestly that's just that's that's wild guessing for me at this point, um, but mm. that's that's what I would kind of uh, look at it as. I would I would like to see beta um, come out as as early as like the open beta i'd like to see it come out as as early as the last week in february and then i would like for it to run in the durate through the duration of of march and um have like special early access perks maybe you know the last the last week of march and and into the first week of of april or you know, uh, last last two weeks of maybe last two weeks of March, and then you know shut it down for the first week of of April. That's that's what I would like to see. Um, if they're going to do that, I, I seriously doubt it. Uh, but you know, we, who knows? Every every turn that that um, that Zoss makes with this game has always surprised us. 
Um, and I guess that means we're just consistently wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> at least we're consistent though, but we're consistent. You're right, Shank. You're, you're consistent. Um, so I guess that sort of begs the question if you know, if we even know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> or at least I, me, maybe me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would like to see. I've seen that happen in, in other MMOs in the past. And I feel like, um, open beta is just sort of like a celebration if you will, you know, especially for, for a long awaited and very popular game like this, you know, everyone jumps in and gets to, gets to play it. They, they stress their, their servers out, analyze the data for at, at some given point. I imagine that's, that's what happens behind the scenes. Um, I would like to see an open beta go full open beta, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week going from, you know, on and on and on until they finally shut the servers down. And then a couple of days later or a week later or two weeks later, bam, there it is. Elder Scrolls online and, and uh, finally have honestly, it in my, in my home. Honestly, that would be the ultimate stress test, to be perfectly fair. Um, if, if they have the open beta on 24-7 for, you know, a number of weeks and they, they do it on uh, open on both PC, Mac, PS4, and Xbox One, Man, I mean, what and that that is really you're gonna be getting some great data um, as well to see, you know, just if in case you do need to make some, you know, last minute tweaks to your your infrastructure. I mean, that that's that's that would be a great time to just get some last minute data from there. Um, Lou, what what say you on on some of this stuff that that Shank and I have have kind of weighed in on? <clears throat> Yeah, as I also want to add on Shank's point there, the ultimate stress test, I think the open beta period would be an excellent time to actually test that. You know, having all the systems uh, do it, even though the consoles aren't being released until June, you know, full almost a month and, and what, three weeks later? Mm. Um, I, I think it would it would help them if they actually, you know what, Let, let's get the open beta going, let's get all our systems in line and let's start testing it now. You know, like why hold a separate stress test for PC and Mac? You know, and then hold one, uh, repeat the same headache, so to speak. You know, two months later, get it out of the way. That way, you actually have a head start. Saying, you know what, these are the issues we encountered. Well, we're under the gun for PC and Mac, but at least now with the consoles, we have some leeway in which we can fix or adjust <clears throat> some of their issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the time frame you mentioned, Marvin. Yeah, you know what? I, I same thing. Open beta. Uh, I should, I believe, should be a full 24/7. You know, it should be running the entire time up until, you know, whether they, they do something like uh, Star Wars: The Republic did with early access up to that point, or like Shank said, you know, they stop it. That way, they have a few days leeway again to get themselves some rest and actually take care of the issues without having to worry about maintaining a live server, a live mega server. Right. Um. I'm sorry to interrupt real quick if I stepped over somebody's toes. No, go ahead, um, Shane, go ahead. But it's it's also uh, worth mentioning, and the chat room actually bring it up as well, that um, if you remember during E3 when they announced it uh, for the consoles, um, I think it was, I don't know, it was one of the, the higher-ups in E3 that actually said that the, the open beta would be coming to uh, exclusively to PS4 first. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that that, First exclusivity is uh, for uh, of the two consoles, not necessarily PC and Mac. So we also have to keep that in mind because 
if if they're getting the beta, uh, you know, before the Xbox, you're potentially looking at at the worst case three separate beta scenarios: PC, Mac, PS4, and Xbox One. Right. So, um, but of course, I mean, this is speculation, so we don't know. I mean, but we yeah. do know that PlayStation Four is getting the, uh, an exclusive version of the beta um, first on the consoles. Absolutely, and uh, I guess I guess we're we're only you know a month or so away from actually getting that kind of clarification. Um, you know, as, as Nick was Nick Conkle was able to you know was very keen on pointing out last week. Um, they have a they have a certain announcement schedule. They 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 stick to it, and uh, with the announcement that the game is releasing on a very specific date, April fourth, twenty fourteen. Um, Sure as as anything can be, um, beta announcement, open beta announcement, shouldn't be very far away at all. So um, I'm sure we'll be hearing clarification on on console betas coming out very soon. And uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna be right there, uh, standing right next to you every step of the way, uh, getting that information out to you. Uh, chat room had actually a very very good question um, that that I, I would love to address, which is from Dis. 9043, should we be able to keep our characters that we made during open beta? What do you, what do you think there, Lou? Ooh, that's a... That's a double-edged sword. Uh, considering that, uh, you know, they, there may be some players who have, you know, gosh, high-level characters by the time the beta ends, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, there are going to be players who who are... You know, they're that skilled, they're that good, or they just have that much time and they can invest in it. And, you know, they'll have a character all set, ready to go. Seriously? In, in essence, yes. Wow. You know, it, it can't happen. And, you know, part of me says, you know, that'd be cool, but part of me says, you know what, if you're going to have a game that's based on achievements, server first, game first, <clears throat> and you have a game company that's touting, you know, they, they want everyone to, you know, start off on equal ground, then no, you've got to get rid of the beta characters. Yeah. All right, because then you, you're going to give people uh, a certain group of people an enormous head start that no one can catch up to. You know, absolutely. So, even though it would be nice, I'd say no, uh, because in essence, you know, we're beta testing. We we volunteered to help them. You know, so they're allowing us to get a sneak peek at the game, but we're there to work in the end. Hmm. You know, a lot of people are under the misconception that you know beta testing should be. Yeah, it should be fun, but you know what? It's also a lot of work because you're gonna deal with headaches, you know, you know, things like the launch are not working. <laughs> uh, your graphics card isn't working with what they've got with it. You know, it's not optimized right. for your particular system. Yeah, and that's you know? that's essentially what what beta testing is. But although I, I would argue that that open beta in an MMO these days has really turned into something more of of a of a preview, like a sneak peek at a movie theater, yeah, really no. more than yeah, just yeah. It's any... a pure marketing move. <laughs> oh, without it, a doubt, uh, it, it extends their 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 marketing plan. So you know what? Let's it's out there. You know, take a look at it before you actually make that decision. Yeah. What do you think, Shank? Do you think we should uh, for those who get into open beta? Do you think they should be able to keep their characters from open beta into the launch of the game? Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna say no, but for a different reason than that Lou did. I have to be honest. I did not even think of the the the, the character parody reason, uh, Lou, that you did. I came at it from a different angle. I said I don't think they should be able to keep it because one of the greatest things about starting an RPG, um, I don't care what RPG, just an RPG in general, um, is creating your character. Mm-hmm. So I think 
especially, you know, there's nothing like doing that, obviously, with a completed game. So I, as a player, I wouldn't, even if I had the option to port over a character from beta into the actual standalone version of the game, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it because there's I get so much personal joy in creating a character from scratch and then telling that character's story throughout the game rather than only you know in a short um, you know constrained uh, compacted beta pe- period so me I, I don't think I don't think you should be allowed to and even if you were able to I wouldn't do it right um, you know what I think I think anyone who's anybody uh, would definitely agree with that you know definitely no bringing characters over from beta into into launch although there are some nice um things that could be done um altuo in the chat room says incentives like titles cosmetic bonuses yes but actual characters no way um zathork says i'd like to be able to create my character before launch like in final fantasy 14 so have him ready to go uh, like at launch yeah like your your so I'm that ready actually to go. wouldn't be bad. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so when I'm ready to go, uh, when the servers are open, but but only create. Um, the Beast says that it discourages testing and encourages focused leveling. I would think so. Yeah, I think I, you know, and it's it's kind of like a it's kind of a question with an obvious answer, I suppose, that it's just not a fair thing to do. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to this other thing that I've got here. What does the announcement mean for the current state of the game? And by that, I'm talking about from what we've heard, is the game ready? Is is this release date of April fourth, two thousand fourteen? Is it too soon? If you can believe we're asking that question, um, and how much more development can be done to the game? You know, everyone's got these questions. You know, can can Zenimax add this to the game? Can add that, add that to the game? Can we consider putting this instead of what you've already announced? How much of that can we actually reasonably consider at this point um, able to get put into the game or changed? Or, you know, is that basically it? Is the game pretty much built at this point And, you know, whatever it launches as, so be it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're subject to, you know, hot fixes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, from what we've heard, is the game ready for release? Is this too soon? Is it right on, Lou? Well, trying to see it from Zoss' standpoint, if they are comfortable and they obviously release the actual date, then I guess in their minds, you know, and from what they've seen, yes, the game is ready for release. You know, they're that confident in what they've got now. You know, of course, barring. Uh, the improvements they can do up until release, <clears throat> for them, essentially the game is ready to go. And from what we've seen from the little, you know, the videos that they've done, the discussions they've had with uh, interviews and so forth, you know, you, you have to give it to them. You know, uh, Zoss does think they're ready for release. You know, they think they've got a product that can that can make that date. Um, after seeing the character progression video. You know, especially during the interview with Nick Conkle last week. You know, from a little tidbits we can gather from there, then you know, to me the game looks it looks good. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Uh, it seems like it runs smoothly, obviously, but you know that's coming from the fact they they were doing that that reel or that the whole uh, video for themselves. But still, it looks smooth, looks playable. Um, 
the only thing is now, you know, like I said, they they think they're ready to go. Um, so I guess we'll have to go with that. Yeah, it's kind of you know, it's yeah, kind if of they're ready. If they say they're ready and they're going to do it, then okay, we have to take them at the word. Right. I, I guess it's um, it's kind of a really difficult question to to answer without any any sort of um, any sort of facts to 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 back it. And that's, that's sort of where we're at at this point. Um, we don't really have any facts. I mean, we sort of have to just obviously, like Lou said, you know, rely on, on ZeniMax and, and that they, they know that the game is ready and that it, it is released. Um, but I'm sure people are asking these questions, you know, um, because there's there's so many different discussions out there regarding are are these systems in place um, 100% ready to go. And and I'm sure there's a lot of beta testers out there that are noticing certain things in the game that, that aren't quite ready. Um, you know, are all the dialogue features in there and, you know, um, are, are all of the, the lands that, that you're roaming around, are they fully completed? And, you know, questions like that. Um, now we've, we've got from obviously probably I would say at this point from January, February, and and part of if at all probably just January and February to be honest that anything can be can be tweaked with the game and then once March hits I believe that's that's going to be the point where they're going to start shipping the game out. Yeah, they'd have to go gold around that time. Honestly, um, we're probably at that point already. To be to be honest, um, I think uh, it takes probably about three months for for them to to really package the game put it out there, get it shipped to all the various places. It probably arrives. It'll probably start arriving at stores. Um, well, I, March. I don't know because I know there, there were like uh, uh, other games. Uh, for example, there was a uh, kill zone. Um, I was of course closely following that development and they, they don't generally go. Uh, I noticed at least that they didn't really go what's called gold like maybe like three weeks out and then they start, you know, manufacturing and shipping. So they're, I mean, from what I could gather, like at least for them, they were, they were going all the way up until the end as long as they could. So I think with a game as big and as complex as ESO, I would think that they'd want as much time to work on it. So, you know, from a development standpoint, I'd want to work until literally the last minute before I need to sign off on something and say, yes, it's good. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, right now I think they're, like, I have to agree with Lou, they're probably doing some, you know, f- fine touches. They probably have the core big systems down, and they're probably going into them and just, you know, crafting it and making it, you know, they're yeah. putting the final polishing touches. Uh, chat room is saying that gold to ship can be as short as a few weeks. Yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely one thing that's, that's being said. Um, yeah, so, so, um, Someone else had said that didn't had the question in the chat room as well. You know, didn't didn't they say that they're still they're still uh, tweaking crafting? You know that that kind of a thing. And, and you know, by no means is our is our station or our, our point here that you know it seems too soon considering what they've been saying needs to be tweaked or, or added into the game. We're just sort of saying these questions are out there, and, and we're kind of just you know, as Shank would say, vamping <laughs> <laughs> on the air about this. Um, as far as my my personal uh, point of view, I, I think. It looks like it's ready. <laughs> uh, I will. I will say that. Um, 
I've I've been uh, you know uh, looking at a lot of those a lot of those uh, videos that they've been releasing, and and based on that, I think uh, you know it, it looks fantastic. It looks it looks smooth. So um, I guess we'll we'll just uh, we'll have to see. Um, and then someone else had said in the chat room, you know, if if uh, worst case scenario, if it's not ready. We get lots of complaining, and that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess that sort of answers the question, you know, how much more development can be done to the game at this point? You know, honestly, guys, let's let's just say, all right, development's done. The game is going to be the way it is at launch. Uh, that That's sort of done at this point. Um, and come April... I think we're going to have an absolutely fantastic game to to, to jump into and, and have a lot of fun with. Um, so I think the the question or, or or time for a lot of the questions that have been floating out there is just sort of sort of done and over with. And, and maybe we should start thinking about that and start you know really just looking forward to the beta, getting in there, uh, you know, open beta, and getting in there, um, and then and start uh, playing the game in April, early April. Um, information we we've yet to hear about. What is what is the release of the release date? The, what does this mean about information we still have yet to hear about? Go ahead, Shank. Uh, I knew you were gonna pick on me first. <laughs> um, I know there's still a lot of things for me personally, Shank, uh, that are left unanswered, but. As we heard from ESO Alliance last week, I just shook my camera. Whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> As we heard from ESO Alliance, uh, Nick, last week, uh, they have a strict release schedule. Th- these things have been planned months, months, months in advance. Oh, clearly. How they're gonna, yeah, how clearly. they're going to market and PR their game and yeah. you know that whole push behind that. Um, I- I'm not going to... You know, get on a soapbox here. I there's information that I personally still need to see. I know a lot of people um, from all across the board. I uh, would like to see, and I think between now and um, when they start open beta specifically, I think between then in this in this kind of crunched time, I think we're going to see um, more than we have been seeing. I'll say in the last couple months, because yeah. they're at this point they want to start ramping up their marketing cycle. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. I, and I, will, I also I want to take this time to just sort of sort of throw out there. Um, if you've been paying attention to some of the information that's been coming out uh, from us in the last week, some of the ways that we ask questions to Nick, some of the articles that we've been posting on our website, by no means are we getting critical about the game before this game is coming out. Um, we are absolutely and 110% so unbelievably excited that Elder Scrolls Online is coming out in just a couple of months. We can't wait. We're so close. And I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm like bursting with excitement right now. And I can't wait. I mean, it's so, it's, it's coming. It's, it's so close. Um, but we, we are asking some really hard questions and, and we're not, kind of letting on the chain a little bit and um we're not giving them a whole lot of slack sorry if we're not doing it the right way um but i think it's it's important that we we get some of this stuff out 
A, now, and B, completely and totally, um, because the, the community has a tremendous amount of questions, and we are so close, and we have yet to hear so many things. But Shank's got a really fantastic point, and that's the reason why I want to I throw it out there. Because we are so close, and because there are there is some information out there that we haven't quite heard yet, man, are we in an exciting time. Uh, from January up until up until March, I think I think the huge announcements are going to be just bombarding us. Um, I think this show is going to have a lot of work ahead of it for the next three, four, probably probably good next six, seven months. Uh, we're gonna have a tremendous amount of work ahead of us just with taking taking on huge announcements, probably monthly. We're speculating, of course, monthly tremendous announcements, and then the game itself launching in April. Probably not getting any sleep at all whatsoever. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, Lou, I mean, what, what do you think? What do you think this is going to mean for information we have still yet to hear about? Well, uh, as Dis9043 in chat room uh, just wrote in chat room, I'm, I'm with him or her. Mm -hmm. All right, all these questions, they have to be asked. And I think we're at a point now to where we have to, we have to, Zoss has to answer. Okay, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You you pretty much dropped your charges by announcing the release date. And yeah. there are a lot of outstanding questions that the community's been asking for a long time, which they've danced around, they've dodged around. Fine. We understand that. But now that you've said it's releasing April fourth for the PC and Mac, this is the date for the P for the PS4 and the Xbox One, and you still haven't answered a lot of the questions uh, that the community's been asking. If I can just jump in for just one second, Lou, um, the, the chat room is, is saying that uh, you shouldn't have to clarify that your news coverage isn't anything but impartial. Um, these, uh, these tough questions should be asked. Me personally, I will be playing ESO for a long time, so I will, be definitely, I will definitely be critical about the game. <laughs> um, you know, so, so we're, you know, there's, there's definitely uh, people out there that are saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with being critical to the point where you need to feel like you need to apologize to a dev company. Um, so it's it's definitely good to hear some of this stuff. Go ahead, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for example, one of the biggest questions out there that they've yet to answer. All right, what exactly are we talking about with the end game content that they proposed? Mm -hmm. Okay, they've given. All right, in their defense, they 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 were they were vague. Okay, they gave us some teasers, riddle information, but now you have release date. Now you have less than you have a over three months to start that hype wagon or that marketing wagon going. Say, all right, this is what's going to attract you. This is why we think you should play our game, and they should start releasing that information. All right, this is exactly what Endgame is. Okay, maybe not all at once because that's information overload, but you know what? <clears throat> Just like a character regression video, you're going to get. You know, a nice 10, 15 minute video with some explanations, you know, from Nick and the other devs saying this is, you know, this is how it works. Mm. Or this is one part of it we're going to explain to you now. All right. That information needs to, that needs to be released. Um, because again, you know, they're going to have these, these players, these guilds, <clears throat> these communities who are sitting in the fence because, you know what? As other people in the chat mentioned, yeah, we know PvP is sold. We know the PvP system is serial to death now. Tell us what's going on. For 50, 50 plus, 50 plus plus. All right, because I know what I can do for, for 
to get to the Ruby Throne, but all right, now I want to know, you know, what what's what are my friends and I going to do? What's my guild and I going to do once we hit fifty? You know, what's waiting for us at, at that point? Yeah. Okay, we we, we need specifics. Um, <laughs> I think I know. think part of that is you know they've they've said a couple of things here regarding this. They've said that um, Adventure Zones, okay, is going to be their their uh, closest thing to rating. Which if if you think about it. I, I, I'm the way it's built in my head. It sounds fantastic. All right. 12 man content in adventure zones. Honestly, I'm thinking that adventure zones, and this is all speculation. I'm thinking adventure zones are basically going to be full zones with raid content esque with raid difficulty type of content inside those zones. You need 12 people to get in the zone, you go through the zone and you've got an objective to get to. Um, you have to fight your way to that objective. And then once you're there, your objective is probably an instance. You run in there. You got to have 12 people in order to get in there in the first place. And you go through the instance getting, you know, uh, killing all different kinds of creatures, getting all different kinds of upgrades to your gear, your armor, your weapons, etc., etc all different kinds of achievements in there. And then you come out, dust yourself off and you fight your way back home. If that's what their adventure zones are. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Please say that soon (laughs) because uh, if that's what it is, that is, that is, they're right. There's nothing epic about, you know, a bunch of guys beating on a boss inside of a dungeon. Um, But all of that together is, is pretty, is pretty epic in itself. So they, yeah. they have said that Adventure Zones are, are 12-man content, um, you know, solo content in the game. Listen, if you're, if you're a single-player Elder Scrolls fan, okay, I really honestly feel like this game is built for you because you can play by yourself the entire time. And then once you hit 50, you can play by yourself in an enemy faction territory. And then once you finish that, you can play by yourself into an enemy faction's territory. That's their PvE content. I would like for them to elaborate on the 50 plus and the 50 plus plus stuff just to see what they've got to say about it. But I don't think they really know what to say about it. Um, Or at least I'm sort of wondering if maybe that's the case. Maybe they're just saying like, look, we've already said it's 50 plus content, 50 plus plus content. And, you know, it's pretty much everything that you've played through all the way up from one to 50. So, like, what else is there to say about it? I I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Go ahead, Shank. No, sorry. I'm sorry. I meant Lou. Go ahead, Lou. What do you got? Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I just wanted to mention, you know, still outside, brought in the chat room. Have other dev companies announced their complete endgame? No, no, they haven't. But oh, you know, other point. dev companies have. Ha- they've announced what it is. <laughs> they haven't said, you know, yeah, we have endgame. You know, we have adventure zones, fifty plus, fifty, fifty plus, fifty plus plus. Mm-hmm. Boom. No, they said, all right, uh, every close one. Yeah, you're going on a raid. We have something called raiding. You're going to kill a badass dragon. You know, and you've got to go through at least you know eight or nine mini bosses to get to her. Boom. So you know exactly. All right, that that you know, and you're going to need at least twenty people. Uh, you know, nothing is specifics, but you know, you had an idea of what their end game content was going to be be like. Right. Um. Here we've got a lot of vagaries, which really don't answer the question. It's more like, more like a circle saying, yeah, we have end game content. Well, what is it? Adventure zones. Okay. So what is it? What are we doing? Yeah, up to 12 people. All right, when they said that, I was like, all right, it's, I'm thinking back to the 10 mans in either World of Warcraft or in Rift. You know, something to that scale. 
Um, also to the point where crafting. Okay, we've had very little on that too. You know, we have a big, big community out there that's big into crafting. All right. Um, and we got some information from Nick the other week saying, you know, crafting is going to be very important to the game because what? Only some things can be done by them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, for lack of a better, in this case, augments or improvements upon the armor, weapons, gear can only be done by them. Okay, so let's go through, you know, more particulars on the crafting system. What exactly will the tailor? How how can I be viable? You know, why sell me on the crafting? Don't tell me what it is. You know, don't tell me what's you know it's there. No, tell me. Give me a video like the catch progression video. Make me want to craft. Well, I believe there there was a, a video out there regarding regarding crafting. Um I mean it's been a it's been a while at this point. Um Yeah. But I think there yeah, was I, something I think the video there. was done a while ago. You yeah. Know, at this point, you know, let's get an update or, or at least show them you know, more systems like, all right, you want to do this, we can show you this. Yeah. I'm looking on their uh, their media uh, webpage right now on their site. I don't see anything that specifically talks about crafting. But I, I do know there is some video coverage out there showing, like, their crafting system. I think, like, Paul Sage was talking about something, and then he had mentioned, you know, crafting, and they went into it for a couple of seconds. I don't think there was a full video on it either. Um Savetti in the chat room has said that uh, chances are good that Adventure Zones will be better than raids, even if they haven't uh, released a whole lot of details on them. Just the fact that they said they are at launch is a big deal. I can't wait for them to come out. That is a big deal. Uh, having having large group PVE content at launch is is a big deal because you usually get if if you're lucky. You usually get, you know, one, two, three at the most. Not even. I mean, back me up on that one, Lou. I don't even know if there's if there if you get three raids at launch when it comes to most MMOs, but you definitely get at least one or two. Yeah, you get at least one and, and, and two, and but usually that second one is you only get a portion of it, while the rest will come out, you know, in, in future content updates. <laughs> right. But at the very least, yeah, at the most, uh, people have released just one. Uh, Dis9043 in the chat room is saying, Lose correct, tell me why I should spend my precious skill points on crafting when I can use my skill points to get stronger and just uh, and just use gold to buy armor, enchants, and everything craftable and every other craftable item. You know what? I mean, you know what, Dis? I kind of feel the same way. Um, and I think Zenimax feels the same way. You can either craft because there's people out there extremely interested in crafting, or you can just ignore crafting and have that be viable as well and put all your skill points into being awesome and BA and go out there and, you know, just wreck the battle, uh, the wreck the battlefield and get, you know, um, PVE upgrades and earn uh, stuff through PVP and, and buy new upgrades to armor and all that and, and not have to go through crafting. I... Um, go ahead, Shank. I just want to go back uh, real quickly to something that you you said at the at the beginning of this uh, this uh, okay I guess this talk this talking point I don't know what to call it <laughs> bullet point let's call it a bullet point the, the, the shank um, vamp point <laughs> shank vamp point sure let's call it that um there there's something that you said um specifically uh, you said you know if you if you're a single player test player you know there's there you got all you know exploration all this this and this and and you listed a couple of things which mm-hmm. i'm not saying you're wrong 
Okay. That's everything that you listed. Uh, they've talked about it. It is indeed in the game, from what uh, we've seen in interviews, uh, articles, and uh, just you know, just general musings of the internet. We've seen mm -hmm. them, but I, I would have to respectfully disagree with you. Okay. Um, in that, to go as far as to say, you know, I feel like this is made for you. Uh, not, I'm not saying you say that, but. I'm, yeah, I'm getting. I'm hearing this from the internet um, at at large, as it were. Right. You know that this this game's kind of made for single player Elder Scrolls players, and I I know I don't feel that way uh, personally because, as you said, um, and I guess we've all been saying is that there's so many questions that are remain unanswered mm -hmm. and haven't been discussed uh, fully, and I can I can tell you literally just from today, just which is why I was in a very good mood today. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people share my sentiment as well. Sure. Um, I don't at all presume to speak on behalf of players, our single-player test players. I'm just another person that plays it. I'm just a fan who happens to have a microphone and a camera and a Varwin's lovely face to look at. Hey! Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> there are still questions um, of course there that are. I have that I know people share the same things. Um, Absolutely. You know what, Shank? So, I I applaud. I absolutely applaud um, your your stick with itness. Um, I really <laughs> like the. I really like the 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 uh, the way you just say here's here's my bar. You have to get there. And yeah. If you're, if you're not there, why the hell aren't you there? And that's that's sort of the way you approach everything. And I know that about you. And I, I have nothing but 110% respect for for your opinion and, and the way you come across because it's always respectful and thoughtful. Um, and I don't think you're wrong about about some, some points that you have regarding is this game going to be what, what single-player Elder Scrolls fans want out of an Elder Scrolls MMO – but and I ha and I have a but to that. But I, I feel like you've you've got something else you want to say, and I want I want to throw it back to you. Yeah, no, I mean I, I appreciate that. Um, honestly, like I I I, I have been called stubborn many times. My mom sure no doubt knows this. Um, but I I I I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve when there are things that I'm very passionate about. This is one of them. Um, there's something. I understand certain compromises must be made in a game like this, but mm -hmm. to me, I am not willing to budge on some of them. Not all of them. I know some needs to be made, but some of them I'm not willing to budge. And, for example, I mean, one of the things I, I really, really, really want them to address is how will you feel unique? And by unique, I mean... For example, uh, Ivarwin, you make a sweet paladin. I've seen you on your live streams. You make like this BA paladin, and you just go in and you just maul stuff. You just go in, destroy it. Right. And you come back to town, and you have this like sweet armor on, and you know your your people in the town are like, "Hey, look at the muscles on you! Look, hey, look, look, look at the muscles on that <laughs> hey. guy." He so, must work out. And, yeah, and, and you know, you go back and you talk to the fighters guild, the companions, or whatever. And you talk to them, and they, you know, you have a dialogue with them, and this makes you feel special. It makes you feel, I am the hero. Something that they talked about. Nick actually spoke about this uh, last week, which really made me happy. Was the fact that townspeople react to you based on what you've done. 
I think that's a fantastic idea that should be integrated into future Elder Scrolls games. It just makes sense. You know, if you've stole everything and pillaged everything from the town, they're not going to like you, let's face it. <laughs> so, but if you do something why good, they're going to notice and they're going to cheer you and be like, hey, that's awesome. All right, so on, on but, that point, on that point, let me let me throw this to you, okay? Mm-hmm. We've seen character creation when we're at PAX... Um, Pax Prime and Paxies. We've seen this. And in the video. And in the video, of course. I mean, Shank, they have a hand slider and a butt slider. But, and I agree with that. You can can play with your nose and, like, how big it gets and all that. Yeah, and it's it's super (laughs) in-depth. And and I've said on this very show that it's a very, very robust character creation. Indeed, I mention as much in my Okay, doesn't doesn't that in character, doesn't character creation make you feel special? Don't you feel like there's enough choice? No, and it it it's, it helps you make it. it that's okay. not the complete. But for, in that, my head, right? But my... but that part of it, don't you feel like that part of 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 Elder Scrolls? And there's so many things that, like you're saying, and I totally agree with you on that point. There's so many things that make you feel unique, wholly unique in Tamriel, just from the character creation portion of that unique feeling, which needs to be there, by the way. Don't you feel like it is there? Because I, I feel like it's there. I can spend 45 minutes ca- creating my character in well, Skyrim and in Oblivion, and I can spend 45 minutes c- creating my character. Um, I think there's more choices in character creation than, than in I any would other. Ag- I would agree. I would say that from what I've seen in that video and what they've talked about, and I believe I said it last week or the week before, that it seems to be more robust than Skyrim. That I applaud that. But what I mean by unique... It doesn't just stop at character creation. Right. It must permeate through the entire game. So, and what I mean by this is that I'll give you an example. Please. If Arwen, yes. you go do this epic quest. Mm-hmm. This epic, epic, epic quest. You have to go, because I know you like dungeons. Say you need to go into a Dwemer ruin. Right. And you go in there and you have to battle through like you know these rooms of just these horrible, hor- horrible just these machinations and imaginations of all these horrible Dwemer spiders, and you get to the end and you fight this epic centurion. That makes you feel cool. You feel awesome doing that, right? Yeah. Because that just, you feel very empowered. And you finally collect this great object that you have been questing and fighting for so long for the last hour. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Paladin of Arwen's a hero. You get out of the dungeon, you walk back, to the whoever it was that gave you the original quest. Maybe it was a maybe it was a guild, maybe it was some random dude on the street, given the, the questing that they've talked about in this game. Hmm. Maybe it's some random guy on the street. And upon getting there, you see 20 other people lined up waiting to turn in that quest. For me personally, as a, t- a single-player Elder Scrolls player, that hour, two hours of hard questing, blood, sweat, and tears that I spent and devoted to my time to all of a sudden go back and see 20 people trying to turn in that exact same thing, I suddenly don't feel unique. I don't feel special. I feel like I was sent on just another quest, and I'm just another player. Okay, and then... and then so I know that's me... an extreme example. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know no. that's an extreme example, but that is something I am genuinely concerned about that I have not seen directly addressed, and I just wanted to uh, showcase... Uh, I guess just explain to you my side. Okay, and then allow me to go toe-to-toe on this one. Sure. I think Elder Scrolls Online does that better than any other 
Elder Scrolls game out there ever. Maybe Oblivion comes close. Why do I feel that way? Because when you when you go and do an epic quest like that in Skyrim and you come back to a Skyrim guard, right? What does he say? Oh, someone stole your sweet roll. And you feel like punching him right in the face. You know why? Because you know what? I just got, you know, I just saved so-and-so. Or I just killed you, that tower over there. Okay? The one that you ran away from? Yeah, I killed that dragon, by the way. Jerk. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. You make a great point. That the, the guard will tell you, hey, you know, watch your hand, sneak thief. But when you go and turn in the quest... It is you and you alone that turn in the quest. You are not one of 20 waiting to turn in the quest. Right. And it is it is literally that specific thing. So I don't know. I, you guys know the tech of this much better than I do. Have they talked about anything about putting you in a shard for quests so that you only see yourself talking to the NPC to turn in something like that? I don't even know if that's possible. Um if they did something like that, that would be great. If they, or even if they confirmed, you know, Shank, you're totally wrong. You can't do that. All right. Well, hold hold on one second, okay? Because um, Pellin in the chat room has a has a question, and it says, "Why Oblivion sure. over others?" The reason why I say why Oblivion over others is because me personally, when I was playing Oblivion, um, I would do something and then go into, you know, um, go to turn in the quest. And people would react to me. If I put, mm-hmm. you know, a tremendous amount of points into strength, I would have people coming up to me saying, look at the muscles on that guy. And, you know, like, <laughs> all kind of, <laughs> which was always weird when it came from a guy. <laughs> like, are you checking me out, bro? <laughs> but I would always get, like, that that interaction between NPCs and myself in Oblivion, which, by the, which shocked the hell out of me because I wasn't used to it from playing Skyrim first. I played Skyrim first, went went into Oblivion after that, and I was like, whoa, how come this is in Oblivion? It's not in Skyrim. <laughs> um so that's why that's why I say that, Pellin. Um that being said, uh Shank, your your counter to me was, well, um it doesn't make me feel epic when when I turn in the quest alongside twenty other people. This is the part where we get to the point where we say um, that's the difference between a single player experience and an MMO experience. At some point you have to say, um, I'm on a but, quest and everyone's going to turn it in for me that, however, I think elder scrolls online also does this very well because with some of their Epic quests, when you turn it in, they have said, you literally phase out and phase into a new area for the example of you've just saved the town from werewolves. You, you turn in the quest and now all of a sudden you're in a town that's that is completely saved from werewolves and everyone reacts to you as if you had saved them from werewolves. React to you, I understand. But what when you what if you you know go to turn in that quest to save the town? Like you're walking through the town to talk to the quest giver, yes. and everyone's cheering you, saying thank you for saving us. I have personally you... observed that kind of thing when I was playing at PAX East. That's how early that's been in the game. I have personally observed that. If I could see a concrete example of this, or even you don't trust I mean, me, Shaq. I, 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 I hate. I honestly don't want to sound like I'm bashing because I have this is something that I, I, I do have a concern about. Um I I that is just one of the things that I, I really wish that they either came out and said, Yes, we have 
that that phasing for like even mm-hmm. some of the minor quests can be quite epic as we know from Elder Scrolls games. Um, yes, we do have that, and you know you're not going to just see a million people trying to you know also turn in the quest you are or just flat out tell me no, Shank, you don't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know, but I, as you said, I, I have this unyielding, annoying habit of this is my bar, <laughs> you know. And 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 you know what? I know what you're trying to get at, and then Dane in the chat room says it perfectly. Trust but verify. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I've had the verification in front of me, and if I didn't, I would feel the same way. Um, I think regarding these points that, that Shank has brought up, um, I think once you start experiencing this, you're going to be very, very happy with, with how it feels, especially in an MMO. In an age where MMOs tried to be like World of Warcraft, and then when they didn't try to be like World of Warcraft, they utterly failed... When your hot bars go all the way up your screen and, you know, you only know someone's got a quest for you because they got a little exclamation point over their head and, you know, mini marker maps and all that, you know, uh, maps on mini mar- mini markers on maps and, and all this garbage. I think when you, when you play Elder Scrolls online, um, I think some of this stuff is going to be a breath of fresh air. Um. Okay, we're we're getting kind of long on this, and and uh, you know a lot of these thoughts are are on our on our website, um, and I didn't really want to get into it, but you know I think some of this stuff really does need to be addressed, and and Shank you know um, always has fantastic points. Um, but one thing I did want to ask was, getting back to the release date, you know the timing of this release versus the time of the year it is, and Lou, I want you to start off on this one. The time of, of its release, do you think that's going to have an impact? Do you think that the time of the year that this game is going to come out is going to have an impact on the overall success of the game? Well, part of me says yes, um, because April, let's face it, uh, a lot of player base will be uh, people who are in school, whether they're in college, high school, Okay. And you know that that's going to be a decent sized portion of your community, all right. So when you release at that time frame, you know what is the emphasis for them? You know they they've got to finish class, okay. <laughs> well, well we hope they they prioritize and want to finish class, okay. I try to think of the best of them now, but you know uh, a spring type release for that. All right, I I can see where they want to do that, but part of me says you should have waited until the summer. Definitely, at least for, you know, since Zoss is here in the States, you know, wait until May, mid-May, you know, when we all know college is out, Yeah. okay, <laughs> and high school is just about winding down, depending on what system you're in, whether you're in a private school, parochial school, or public school system, you know, you're pretty much on your way out, so there's nothing for you to do, really, mm. all right, and that way, that way you, you garner that much more of an audience, okay, that much more of a, uh, of a pool to draw from. Okay. Oh, I don't know about that, Lou. I, I'd, I'd have to respectfully disagree on, on releasing close to summer. Well, think about it this way. In your summer, you have more free time. You know, April, May, again, you know, uh, doing stuff like that, you know, your focus is going to be, you know, you've got to finish this as opposed to, you know, taking time to play the game. Mm. You know, and think about it too, if you're under, if especially if you're a teenager, you're still in high school, you know, mom and dad are going to have the the finger on saying, you know, finish that before you do this. So it's not cutting to your game time. College, hey, you do what you want. 
that's all on you. Right. But hopefully they do the right thing. They do the right thing and say, you know, if I have finals coming, I have to study. So again, that cuts down on whether they they purchase the game because they say, you know what, I'll wait till after the school year's done or mm. till the semester's done before I go, I go full bore into it. Um, I sort of have to I, I sort of have to say that I've always noticed um, participation inside any MMO that I've ever played dip once it hits like mid May and even a little bit be- a little before I I've always felt that way um, I don't think if they were to release closer to the summer that it, it I think everyone would be buying the game anyway no matter what because uh, I think there's <laughs> such a tremendous amount of anticipation for it. But I don't think that it would help. It would help matters if um, if they released closer to the summer, um, like let's say in May. I, I don't think that would that would be a good idea at all. I think people would buy the game, they'd play it for you know an hour or two, and then they'd go outside and you know it'd, it'd be a nice day. And I think people would a lot of people, a lot of casual gamers would just buy the game, get into it for a little bit, and then walk away from it and really not experience the game for their free trial. Um, I have a question. Uh-huh. Do we know when uh, their fiscal year ends or begins? No clue. Because that might dictate release date in some occasions. Sure, I would. I would understand that. Yeah. So I, I wonder how much that also had to uh, influence um, the PC, Mac, and the the uh, the, the console staggered launch, as it were. Um, so yeah, yeah. not <laughs> not silent in the chat room saying everyone's going to hate me, but the game would do really well if it released in November. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nod, no, <laughs> don't give him any ideas. Eleven, eleven, eleven. What uh, what do you what do you think? What do you think, Shank, on on the timing of of the release? Um, I think it's it's. I mean, like I said, like I, I wonder how much of it was a fiscal year um, uh, financials because I mean you're going to have private stakeholders, uh, stakeholders no matter what, sure, uh, investors as it were. So um, I think it's 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 weird because usually in the summer we see uh, I don't want to say dearth, but there's there's just not too many games coming out historically in the summer. That are you know massive releases. Usually you have it stacked towards like really the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so to have something um, coming out, you know, we have it in April and then and, and then in, in June. Um, I think it's it. They're doing it for one of the reasons to kind of fill that gap, as it were, in the market to say, you know what, we we can really capitalize on people here because um, there might not be too many games releasing in that time window. You know, let's let's really take this opportunity and release it and gain some consumers here. Uh, some of the people in the chat room are saying that they need to release it before before WildStar, and um, that uh, the game has about two months to prove itself before WildStar comes out. WildStar is a fully fledged MMO, while I see ESO as a multiplayer RPG. Jeez, man. Jeez. I don't know about that. I, don't, I will be. I, I don't know anything about Wildstar. I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, this is that's the kind of crap that frustrates me. This is why I, I had I had said to Nick um, 
we need we need more information, dear sir, because there's some people out there that are just at this point saying I, I'm not hearing MMO enough um, coming from you guys, and I'm I'm looking at Wildstar as a result, and then and then we've got the single player crowd saying yeah, let's do MMO, and you know uh, I'm not happy. Which by the way is an Elder Scrolls fan thing. Every 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 Elder Scrolls fan out there thinks that their favorite Elder Scrolls game is the definitive Elder Scrolls game and that everyone else is just insane. So. <laughs> yeah, Dave, Oblivion's the best. <laughs> um, Lou, I, I, I believe I may have I've interrupted you in some fashion. I, I, do you have anything else that you want to add in? Yeah, I mean, also timing also boils down to what Shank is getting to, okay? Um. You know, Paul Sage and all of the crew, in the end, they're only half the crew. The other half are the suits, okay? To put it bluntly, it's the execs behind them. All right, in that boardroom, the marketing team, the advertising team saying, look, uh, this is a business. Yes, it's your baby. It's a game, but uh, we also have investors who want to start seeing a return. We promised them a return by X, by, by an X date. So, you know, they're under the gun as well. So could it be because, you know, as Shane was alluding to, like, when is their fiscal year end? You know, what, what exactly is their fiscal calendar like? You know, did their marketing exec say, look, uh, we have to start paying back our investors, or they better start seeing something soon. So, you know, here's your time frame. Pick a month, pick a date to where you can honestly, you can reasonably expect to release the game so we can tell our people, <laughs> you know, the people who, who dumped in all this cash to fund this project to say, yes, we can start paying you back your investment this day. You know, um, you know, that's also another aspect that we also have to consider is the, the purely business side. Okay. Uh, that's why that's a, that's a big thing. A lot of people forget is that, you know, in the end, what, what is an MMO company? It's a business. Yes. It's a business designed to make cool, fun games, but it's a business where they have to start making money. Right, which is why we see other MMOs who have gone the free-to-play model because the sub-model didn't work or vice versa or what have you. All right, they have to make money. They have to stay afloat. So one aspect I want people to realize too, maybe April is, is a date because you know their market department saying, look, you got to release soon. Mm. Okay, you've you got to do it because you know now we're under the gun. You know, How many years has ESO been in development? Okay, yeah, you're asking someone to – if someone came to you, all right, I need money from you. And I start, you know, I can pay you back in the five years. And now you're on your fifth year, saying, "All right, when am I going to see it now?" Mm. Okay, that that's another aspect that people have to keep aware of. Um, but in the end, you know, we, we've all brought up good points. You know, time of year in the end could be irrelevant. You know, maybe it's a date they chose because of either competition that's that's looming out there, other MMOs, other games that are out there, or the fact that, yeah, as you pointed out, Var, when the the I guess the summer summer slump. For any game that comes into effect, you know, as people go away on vacation or gasp, they actually go outside and see what real life is like, you know, <laughs> or, or you know, there's just so so many other activities uh, that people can get involved in that don't include gaming that they now have a chance to do, so that yeah, they go away, you know, from the PC or the console because you know what, they have other stuff they can do. They can do. That doesn't involve sitting at a desk or at in front of the TV, right? So, all right. 
Well, uh, we've got one more point here I want to get into, and that is what's the impact of the time delay between worldwide PC Mac release and Xbox One and, and, uh, and PlayStation 4 release? So the entire world, which, by the way, is fantastic. We don't, we don't get that either in an MMO. Um, a, a whole world release for a game. Um, we don't even get that for a console. Xbox One released in... Um, 13. Yeah, it's 13 territories, and that was it. Um, and then it took, you know, a little while for everyone else to get them. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that we don't get worldwide release dates, and it's awesome that, that um, Elder Scrolls Online is releasing to both PC and Mac on the same day worldwide. That's that's fantastic. What's a Mac? <laughs> <laughs> it is a game, it is a, con- a, a console uh, being supported by... Uh, Elder Scrolls Online—that's what it is. Um, but then, but then you got you got you got uh, you got you got these guys, these guys right here. Wait, you know my my little three. Not that it's going to be on 360, but you know whatever. Um, <laughs> those guys are are uh, waiting in the, you know, until June and and PS4 waiting till June. Problem? Not a problem. I mean, does this? Does this indicate that maybe the console uh, guys are not as excited about El- Elder Scrolls Online? Are they? Is Zoss hearing like you know why why not uh, why not on the same day and uh, it's terrible and or or do you think these guys are kind of like man eh, whatever you know I'll I'll eventually I'll eventually get it and it's it's cool. What do you think? We'll start with uh, Shank the Tank. Um, I think it's a great idea that they're doing a staggered release uh, because, as you said, the PC and Mac is going to be worldwide. Just from a technical exercise, if you try and release on two other platforms worldwide, mm-hmm. which, by the way, they each have their own online service, um, that's going to really like complicate things technically as an IT exercise. Um, I don't see an issue... I mean... If on a console, if you're looking forward to this game, um, I would see that. Oh man, you know, initially, why why aren't we getting it at the same time? But then at the same point, you, token, you'd say, well, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing because they can focus on the PC Mac launch initially. If there are any early issues, patch that out. And you know, what if those issues are on the P- the PS4 and the Xbox One? Well, hey, we have that. At, at the least amount of time, a month, to also do some final touches on the PS4 Mac. You can never have too much time when you're developing a game. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great thing because any issues would get sorted out um, or caught or even prevented in some cases, as well as from Zoss's t- standpoint, you're not doing an absolutely ginormous release across four platforms at the same time, on the same day. That... that that is just a nightmare. Oh, I can would imagine. not want to do that. I can only imagine. Here's here's what I like coming from our chat room. We've got a lot of console players in the chat room who, who are going to play Elder Scrolls Online on either Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Every one of them so far has said, I'm cool with waiting. That surprises me. Really? What? Yeah, it surprises me. Because, wow. Okay. Yeah, do you know why? Because do you, do you remember... The the crap storm Bethesda got regarding DLC 
for Skyrim on Xbox One first and then PlayStation or Xbox 360 first and then PlayStation 3. Don't you remember that? Well, yeah, I remember that. But to be fair, it was I think it was a, it was a combination of Xbox One exclusivity plus the issues they had with the PS3, which I just think exacerbated it. Mm-hmm. We're not getting. We're not seeing here, you know, one console is getting it before the other. I think if it, that had been the case, yes, I definitely think you'd see a flame war. Right. But because both consoles are getting it at the same time, I think that, honestly, I really do think that alleviates it because, let's be honest, I mean, at least me, I don't see Xbox One, PS4 the same way I view my PC. Uh, they're, they're similar, but they're different. Whereas if you look at two platforms that are the same, which are two consoles, and all of a sudden one is getting favored, that doesn't bode well for the console market in general, which, to be fair, is a lot larger than the PC one. Sure. Even though the game will probably most likely be played on the PC most of all. Which, but that, this, like I said, I mean, it, it totally surprised, but I'm I'm happily surprised by this because... Yeah. I, w- I mean, I don't like I don't like these console flame wars that happen, especially back when when the DLC thing happened. I didn't like that. You know, it didn't. It wasn't. And we we reported on it. We had to report on it, and and we had to get a little a little you know roll our sleeves up a little bit with with Bethesda over it too. Um, and you know, it, it was it is what it is. But the fact is is that it doesn't look like it's happening this time around. And and honestly, I'm like I'm quite relieved about it. Um. What about you, Lou? What do you think? Well, <clears throat> again, uh, someone mentioned the chat. I'm trying to scroll back. This second release actually will mean a smoother day one launches right from the get-go. Right? You're not going to have the overload of having wow, you know, three complete systems trying to go online at the same time and you know, ha- having three separate IT departments, that's insane too. That's like most of your budget right there. <laughs> Just trying to maintain these things. So, at the very least, again, it'll allow Zoss the time it needs to actually iron out any problems that arise. You know, because, you know, stuff happens. In the last minute, things will happen. <laughs> which, you know, can't be foreseen. You know, especially with the PC and Mac, because everyone's computer is different. Hmm. Not one computer is built the same. Okay, you can optimize it for the broadest range of circumstances, but in the end... You know, that tech support forum is always going to be filled with people having issues <laughs> across the board. I think that's true where, like, no matter what, it could be Hello Kitty Island Adventure for PC, and you would see the tech forums just full. <laughs> <laughs> and at least now with, with allowing the PC and Mac to come out first, you know, and, and as Shay pointed out in, in an article he wrote not too long ago, all right, the lines between, I guess, the quote-unquote real computer and the consoles, you know, that line is starting to get blurred because now they're all starting to share the same technology. Mm. Okay? You know, I, I like to call the Xbox One and PS4, you know, they're becoming better and better, you know, frag boxes. <laughs> okay? Frag boxes are becoming better and better. You know what? Now you can call a console pretty much a baby or wannabe frag box because they've got that much power in them right now. Um. So allowing that stagger will allow them, gives them more time to fix out problems, you know, fix issues, fix the problems. And as you point out, environment, I'm glad they're not doing the exclusivity thing because I thought there was a whole lot of BS <laughs> to begin with. 
Yeah. You know, you, you, you want to start building your communities, not giving them reasons to hate each other from the get-go. It's it's yeah. tough to wade through a, an exclusivity release. It really is. <laughs> right. So I'm glad Zoss stuck to the guns because I'm sure either one of those companies asked for it. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them not to. What a mess. What a mess this whole thing would have been if they were like, hey, guys, Xbox One's getting exclusive release. Oh, for- wait. Um, I just got a text from uh, Paul Sage, as you can clearly see, and it clearly says that the PlayStation 4 is getting it a year before the Xbox One. So. <laughs> Shank, now you're just now you're just asking. <laughs> now you're just asking. Between the article you posted today and some crap like that, now you're just asking to get... By the way... And, 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 uh, go ahead, Luke. Go ahead. I'm sorry. made a point in the chat, you know. At least not Microsoft and Sony... Either learned from the past and says, you know what, we're not going, we're not going to ask. We'll, we'll just, you know, we'll give you our full support, <laughs> you know, from the get go. Yeah. You know, here's our, here's our architecture, or you know, give us our stuff. We'll start, we'll start, you know, helping you design the game for our system. You know, because you know, you can see the potential that they could tap into that massive MMO market that's out there. You know, they'd be silly not to reconsider it. Yeah. So, all right, um, that that sort of ends our discussion on this, and uh, so so there it is. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online launch date announced April fourth, two thousand fourteen. Ladies and gentlemen, I know exactly which week I'll be taking off of work uh, as I start preparing for my vacation picks. Um, and then we've we've got this this tiny little nugget that 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 fell um, as we were saying. Oh, there's too much PvP talk. What what does Zenimax do? There's some more PvP stuff, guys. <laughs> I felt so awesome when when this video came out. I was like, "Ow!" <laughs> um, but I'll I will I will tell you that. Guess what? Oh, the chat room's going crazy right now. They're totally. They're just laughing. Um. I will I will say this. I saw this video. You're going to see it too if you're watching this on YouTube right now. Get yourself ready. Make sure you've got your diaper on because you're going to crap yourself at how awesome it is. Um, Shank, if you've managed to collect yourself, good friend, uh, could you please give us the little the little ditty I wrote up here on, on the war in Cyrodiil? Okay. Uh, number – oh, wait. No, i got to scroll down. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's, it's number two. Um, there we go. Here we go. This, this says, <clears throat> December 10th, 2014, Zoss released a new PVP video diving deeper into the Alliance War. And this is, you can find this on ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com in a piece written by Brian Armstrong. It says, <clears throat> the country is riven by civil war. The emperor has fallen, and the ruby throne sits empty. You spelled throne wrong. <laughs> now is the time to strike. An empty throne is a beacon calling you to reign. And what is in this video? This video basically shows uh, PvP warfare, including hordes of troops storming a castle, trebuchets firing at towers, and walls crumbling to the ground. Um, it is chaotic, fast, and intense... While by now, PvP fans have uh, probably already decided if this game is going to be for them, uh, for the first time we were shown what some of the large-scale uh, PvP content uh, will be like. Um, it looks beautiful, fun, and challenging, but are you sold? The Elder Scrolls Online is coming to PC and Mac April 4th, 
April 4th and consoles June 2014. That's right. So so here we go. Uh ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the uh the War in Cyrodiil PVP video. We're going to play it for you right here. This country is riven by civil war. The emperor has fallen and the ruby throne sits empty. Now is the time to strike. All right, so uh, apparently I'm having some internet issues. The uh, the video does not want to play. So I apologize for that. Yay, live! Yay, live! Let's let's <laughs> give it let's give it a go one one more time here. Let's see let's see what happens when we we kick it back a little bit. There we go. By civil war, the emperor has fallen. And the ruby throne sits empty. Now is the time to strike. Okay. So, uh... Forget that. (laughs) Well, uh, the video's out there, guys. Unfortunately, we can't play it today. Um, sorry about that. But if you want to, if you want to get to the video... Go to uh, ElderScrollsOnline.com and you can you can view view the video right there. Um, progression. ESO, ask us anything. A progression article came out uh, Monday, December 9th. Zenimax released another Ask Us Anything article. This time surrounding the tons of questions they received on the progression video. Uh, that very same video we covered last week on episode 91, The Naked Nord, and on ESO Alliance 2. <laughs> uh, this article is very long and worth looking into. Now, we want you to know that they're, uh, that it's there now. And next week, what we're going to do is we're going to feature this article as a main point of discussion for the su- on the show. So essentially, uh, dear listener, you have homework from us. So I enjoy. We'll, uh, we'll be talking about the ESO Ask Us Anything progression video next week uh dev question of the week time guys strap in hopefully i'll be able to play this <laughs> <laughs> we uh we ha- we're having some some issues here so here you go here's your eso question of the week Hi, my name is John Soleri and I'm a QA lead at Zenimax Online Studios. This is your question of the week. You and your allies are prepared to lay siege to a heavily defended keep. You have at your disposal plenty of siege equipment. Which would you prefer to operate? A trebuchet? A ram? A catapult? Or a ballista? What's your plan? Do you weaken the keep walls? Attack the doors? Or focus fire the defending archers? What do you think, guys? What? Uh... <laughs> um, we had in my sophomore year of high school, we were tasked with creating a uh, a, a class uh, team name, as it were. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends suggested trebuchet just because it sounded cool. I'm gonna stick with that. 
and pick the trebuchet because it sounds cool. Okay. <laughs> a lot of, lot of love for French words today. <laughs> Why? What is this? <laughs> As for attacking, if I had to attack something, I would honestly, I would try to tunnel and take them by surprise because I think trying to attack them directly would be too obvious. Okay, but Shanky can't tunnel in, in Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, then I just run away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> what about you, Lou? What do you, What would you say? Ooh, tough choice between the, the catapult or the ballista. I probably want to go with the ballista first and try and clear the enemy rampart, the key, the keep or uh, the keep ramparts of enemy players. You know, especially they're ranged. If they're archers or casters, get them the heck away from the walls. That way, uh, you know, our faction, you know, high elves for the win, uh, <laughs> has more opportunity <laughs> and a better chance of actually breaking down, you know, the wall as a, in a door, so to speak. Mm. You know, plus get a kill. Yeah. Get that feeling of, you know, of killing an enemy player, you know. Dag Hall um, Covenant player or Evan Hart Pack player falling down in the dirt like you're supposed to. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the uh, chat room is saying Ram, like Lord of the Rings, uh, picking Archer with Ballista. Very nice. Uh, battering Ram. Got a bunch of Battering Rams going on in the chat room today. Uh, trebuchet Assault also. Um, I would I would go with the Trebuchet and, and bring those walls down. That's that's how I would, because bring those walls down, you, you get rid of a choke point. Well, if you if you use a battering ram on a on a door, it's it's a much tighter choke point of getting your arm army in versus bringing the walls down with a trebuchet and just going in that way. Still a choke point, of course, but um, you know far far wider. Obviously, the the real strategy here is is doing both at the same time. You want to knock down those doors and also bring the walls down as much as you possibly can. Um, but if if you have to pick, I would definitely go with trebuchet and bring the walls down. Yeah. And just to see it, like, yeah, here goes the wall. Oh, can oh. you imagine players on that section of the wall dying because they fell? That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the collision, yay. Yay. That's right. Yay, collision detecting with Shank. <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got the mod challenge of the week coming up. And, uh, of course, we've got, we've got our sweet, we've got our sweet bumper for it. Here you go. Just fists. No weapons, no magic, no crying. Let's go. Come. Never should have come here. Somebody help! Damn you. Ah, oh, it sounds painful. <laughs> really, really getting it, you know? I mean, really getting it. Bam! <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time. Woman's really bashing that guy in. God. <laughs> it's, I think it's a juxtaposition of just the calm, serene music and just the brutal out-and-out -out violence. <laughs> Never should have come here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You, you say that like you say that every day. Because I do. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Almost felt better for the horse. <laughs> look at Lou laugh look at this guy <laughs> alright Shank uh, it's it's off to you Shank's undead races mod 
Please, um, please tell us what happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I, I was given a challenge last week mm-hmm. to um, uh, <laughs> keep it straight. Fit to to <laughs> test out this mod called Undead Races by I think it was like Rye Guy something six two one. Usually, the way that it works is this: if Arwen puts the link in our notes. Um, host clicks aforementioned link and then downloads said mod and plays through aforementioned and said mod. Right. Um, pretty simple, right? You just click on a link. So this is what happened to me. Um, I, I, I finished typing up my editorial last night. I went to, like, all right, I'm going to go, you know, just dedicate myself like a couple hours and just really hammer out this mod and get a cool experience for you guys. So <laughs> I went into the notes from last week and I clicked on the link. And Steam popped up, and it was like, uh, this mod may be deleted, or the author may have deleted it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I went and I checked Steam, and I searched for it, and I couldn't find it there. So I clicked, I refreshed my browser, clicked on the link again, and said the same thing. So I texted Amaru, and I was like, um, I can't do this challenge, because the mod's saying it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um. So that happened. I swear I'm to God. Make it up. There yeah. was there was a freaking there was a mod there, dude. When when I had looked yeah. for it last week, yeah, it was there. The page was up and everything. And I I looked at this and I was like, oh man, we we looked at it on the show. Yeah, I was We've reading got... the description on the video show. evidence. It exists. <laughs> <laughs> and I click on it yesterday, and it's like author may have deleted i was like okay well that's awesome <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna make it up and say it's a great mod if you can find it go get it go get it <laughs> all right guys well that brings us to the mod challenge of the week <laughs> unfortunately shank was so challenged he couldn't he couldn't even download it <laughs> it was so challenging. it was so challenging <laughs> he was not ready for its epicness <laughs> therefore a steam denied him no so, Zaythork in the chat room saying, okay, so we confirmed it wasn't of Arwen's head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, guys. So, so here, here it goes. Here, here's how this whole thing works. All right. The mod challenge is for one host and one host only. Um, I announce who the challenge is for the host clicks on a link that I drop here in the notes and the host has until next week to install and try out the mod and then give us their, uh, their information as to how they enjoyed the mod. Uh, go ahead, uh, Lou, you go ahead and you click on that. This this week, this mod is for you, my friend. Awesome. And this week's mod challenge is <clears throat> Become a Bard. Wow. It's created by, oh, just two initials, LP. Okay, so LP, what's this? <laughs> a little brief description here. Oh, this is pretty nice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Tired of being a warrior or mage? Become a bard! You can pick up and play any instrument in the game, including the war horns. Well, that's hot. Yeah. Whenever you have an instrument in your inventory, you will have a related ability in your spell menu that lets you play the instrument. You can play all the instrumental and voice songs included with the game or choose from over 125 new songs added by this mod. Wow. Yeah, man. 
that that is cool. Can we just look at the added music and who do we see here? Maluka. Ah, uh, uh, wow. Songbooks. Wow, this is nice, yeah. dude. This is I like actually hate you right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it also um when you when you play songs you it'll increase your speech craft as well. What? NPCs oh. around you will react. Your uh your follower will play along with you to any song. Oh, this is for Shank. You can go up to any innkeeper and tell him you would like to perform. The tips will be minimal. 10 to 25 gold out perks, but it should be enough for a meal, and you also get a free room for the night, Mr. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I, dude, oh, this sounds sick. Can you imagine being like a traveling bard, like going city to city singing? Like Maluka? Yeah, and just staying in inns <laughs> for free. Dude. Look at look at this one. If if you complete the bard the bard's college quest line, your bard skill is high enough, 50 or higher. And you have earned one of the bard perks described below. Viermo may have additional work for you. Dude, nice. there's a you. You can see your your bard skill and track your performance. Requires Sky UI. Uh, the volume of your songs is adjustable in the normal Skyrim options, so you can adjust that as well. Uh, this is epic. Once you start playing, you can stop playing at any time by pressing Z. Uh, with the five default bard songs, such as Ragnar the Red, etc., you'll have to wait until the current verse finishes. If you stop before the end of the song, you won't get the skill increase. So beware of that, of course. This is going to be cool. Dude, that sounds... That's like... That's genuinely awesome. Yeah. Uh, Shank, I mean, if you want to, if you want to, you know, play this as well, I mean, go right on ahead, but I mean, Lou, Lou's going to be the one to... to oh, yeah, absolutely. Get I'm, first dibs. Yeah. Not this a problem. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and uh I'm gonna do this one on my uh my assassin. That sounds because he shot the right gear, right right look for it. Ah, it's gonna be cool. Traveling assassin bard. Nice, right? Wow, the role playing abilities alone. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright guys, uh that is the end of the crafting table, but we want to remind you that our show isn't spo- is sponsored in part by tweakedaudio.com. Whom I am, by the way, wearing their their fantastic little little earbuds, their headphones, uh, right here. This is the uh, classic black with a microphone edition. Uh, these are really awesome. These guys, uh, these earbuds deliver fantastic sound quality, um, and their customer service is pretty much bar none. Um, you can't go wrong with a package like that. You're going to spend about $25 on these, but that's okay because shipping is free. Uh, They give you worldwide free shipping no matter where you live in the world. As long as you want to buy some tweaked audio headphones, they'll ship it to you for free. Uh, Not applicable if you're on Mars or on the moon, by the way. It's it's on Earth. Um, I heard they're trying to to integrate Gallifrey, but FedEx does a weird thing with Gallifrey. They don't ship out there. It's probably because the the planet's time-locked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you very much for sponsoring our show. They've got a lifetime warranty. If these things such as your cat chews through them, which my cat usually does, uh, this is like my third pair of tweaked audio headphones because of my cat, bad Brago, bad Khajiit. 
Um, if he chews through these things, I just call him up. Hey, Tweaked Audio. Oh, it's you of Arwen. You're an idiot. Thank you very much. My cat's an idiot. Can I get a new pair? Yeah, sure. No problem. We'll send it to you for free, buddy. Thank you so much because you've got the best, most unbeatable customer service ever. Okay, and they hang up on me. Um, <laughs> great lifetime warranty. You got to use our code, though. If you want 30% off, you can get 30% off your entire order. You can have that just for you. You right there. Yeah, you wishing I would take my finger out of your face right there. You can have 30% off. At tweakedaudio.com, but you need our code off the record. All one word, off the record, at tweakedaudio.com gets you your pair of tweaked audio headphones like these wonderful little classic black headphones with a microphone, so it's pretty cool on your on your cell phone. Um, not, they won't tangle up. Awesome quality. Get 30% off, off the record, all one word, tweakedaudio.com. Don't screw up on this. You'll burn for it, said Scrooge. Wow. There you go. <laughs> There's my there's my ad for the week. Drops the mic. We, <laughs> I do have a psychologist. She just happens to be my girlfriend. <laughs> I assure you. Uh, the, <laughs> the Elder Scroll is next. Lou is about to talk to, talk about Fades of Tamriel Part Three. It wasn't Part Two. It's Part Three. Strap yourselves in, guys. Here is the Elder Scroll. Library Bookstore, this is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, and what can I do for you? You have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes, I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh my! I give the floor to you, Lou. Uh, Harry was going to start a little singing, you know, start the mod challenge early by trying to recreate Maluka's, you know. <laughs> but so, okay, but the, the Elder Scroll this week. Yes, today is the conclusion, part three of Faith and Tamriel, The Varieties of Faith in the Empire by Brother Mikhail Karakuksar. And again, an expansive list of the pantheons and associated divine spirits of Tamriel's dominant cultures. So this week, we're going to finish off the rest of the pantheon of gods. Today we start off with Shazar, or the god of man, a pseudolic version of Lorcan, whose importance suffers when Akatosh comes to the fore of imperial religion. Shazar was the spirit behind all human undertaking, especially against Aldmeri aggression. He is sometimes associated with the founding of the first Cyrodiilic battle mages. In the present age of racial tolerance, Shazar is all but forgotten. Shor, god of the underworld, Nordic version of Lorcan, who takes sides with men after the creation of the world. Foreign gods, that is, the elven ones, conspire against him and bring about his defeat, dooming him to the underworld. At more myths depict him as a bloodthirsty warrior king, who leads the Norse to victory over the Aldmeri oppressors time and again. Before his doom, Shor was the chief of the gods, sometimes also called children's god. Sothasil, or the mystery of Morrowind. God of the Dunmer, Sothasil is the least known of the divine tribunal. He is said to be reshaping the world from his hidden clockwork city. Stendar, the god of mercy, a god of the nine divines, 
Stendhal has evolved from his Nordic origins into a deity of compassion or sometimes righteous rule. He is said to have accompanied Tiber Septim in his later years. In early Outmary legends, Stendhal is the apologist of men. Stun, the god of ransom, a Nordic precursor to Stendhal, brother of Stun. Shield Thane of Shore, Stun was a warrior god that fought against the Outmary pantheon. He showed men how to take, and the benefits of taking, prisoners of war. Sirbane, or the warlock's god. In Outmaria god ancestor of magic, Sirbane aided Bendu Olo in the fall of the Slowed. Through judicious use of his magical ring, Sirbane saved many from the scourge of the Thracian Plague. He is also called the Apprentice's God, for he is a favorite of the younger members of the Mages' Guild. Taba, or the Bird God, a Yakutan spirit of the air. Taba is most famous for leading the Yakutans to the Isle of Heron after the destruction of their homeland. She has since become assimilated into the mythology of Kinnereth. She is still very popular in Hammerfell among sailors, and her shrines can be found in most port cities. <clears throat> Tiber Septim, Talos, the Dragonborn. Heir to the seat of Sunday Kings, Tiber Septim is the most important hero god of mankind. He conquered all of Tamriel and ushered in the Third Era, and the Third Empire, <clears throat> also called Izmir, Dragon of the North. Trinimac, a strong god of the early Altner, in some places more popular than Oriel. He was a warrior spirit of the original Elven tribes that led armies against the men. Boethia is said to have assumed his shape. In some stories, he even eats Trinimac so that he could convince a throng of Admiri to listen to him, which led to their eventual Tamari conversion. He vanishes from the mythic stage after this to return as the dread Malakath. Admiri propaganda portrays this as the dangers of the Admiri influence. Soon an extinct Nordic god of trials against adversity, died defending shore from foreign gods. Tuwaka, or the Shriki god, the Yakutan god of souls. Tuwaka, before the creation of the world, was the god of nobody really cares. When Talpapa undertook the creation of the walkabout, Tuwaka found a purpose. He became the caretaker of the far shores and continues to help red guards find their way into the afterlife. His cult is sometimes associated with Arkay in the more cosmopolitan regions of Hammerfell. Vivek, master of Morrowind, warrior poet god of the Dunmer. Vivek is the invisible keeper of the Holy Land, ever vigilant against the dark gods of the volcano. He, she has saved the Amer people from certain death on numerous occasions, most notably when he, she taught them how to breathe water for a day so that he, she could flood Morrowind and kill the Akfiri invaders around the year 572 in the Second Era. Xarxes. Xarxes is the god of ancestry and secret knowledge. He began as a scribe to Oriel and has kept track of all Admiral accomplishments, large and small, since the beginning of time. He created his wife, Ogma, from his favorite monuments in history. I'm sorry, favorite moments in history. <clears throat> Ifr, god of the forest, most important deity of the Bosmeri pantheon. While Oriel... Time Dragon might be a king of the gods, the Bosman revere Ephra as the spirit of the now. According to the Wood Elves, after the creation of the mortal plane, everything was in chaos. The forced mortals were turning into plants and animals and back again. Then Ephra transformed himself into the first of the Elnofei, or Earth Bones. After these laws of nature were established, mortals had a semblance of safety in the new world, 
because they could finally understand it. Yifer is sometimes called the storyteller for the lessons he taught the first Bosmer, since Bosmer still possess the knowledge of the chaos times which they can use to great effect, i.e. the wild hunt. Izmir, dragon of the north, the Nordic aspect of Talos. He withstood the power of the Greybeard's voices long enough to hear their prophecy. Later, many Nords could not look on him again without seeing a dragon. Zen, god of toil, Bosmiri god of payment in kind. Studies indicate origins in both Argonian and Akivari mythologies, perhaps introduced into Balenwood by Kothringi sailors. Ostensibly an culture deity, Zen sometimes proves to be an entity of a much higher cosmic order. His worship died out shortly after the Katnaten flu. Zet, a god of farms, a couldn't god of agriculture, renounced his father after the world was created, which is why a tall papa makes it so hard to grow food. Zenithar, god of work and commerce, with a traitor god, Shank, <clears throat> member of the Nine Divines, Zenithar is understandably associated with Zen. In the Empire, however, he is a far more cultivated god of merchants and middle nobility. His worshippers say, despite his mysterious origins, Zenithar is the god that will always win. And as I mentioned earlier, this wraps up the Pantheon of Gods <laughs> from around Tamriel. And I want to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for all the information I have out there. If you've enjoyed the, the lore for the past couple of weeks, especially this Pantheon of Gods, look them up on all three sites. They have a wealth of information on God, all these gods. Whether it's a few sentences here and there, at least you're going to get more, more out of them from what this little quick concept I put together for you. Uh, yeah, thank you again, Lou. I mean, three weeks uh, in a row, you just delivered unbelievable, probably the most ambitious uh, Elder Scroll you've ever given us. So I really appreciate your work. Thank you so much for working so hard to, to get all this out to us. Um, it's really awesome stuff. And, you know, I, I, if you follow the Twitter account at, at Elder Scrolls OTR, you know, whenever we have like a like a like a deity summoning day, um, you hear about these guys. And it's it's nice to be able to if you've been following that Twitter account all year, you know that, you know, whenever we have a, a summoning day, I always post a little information um, about that about that uh, that God. Um, it's always nice to have this and be able to, you know, see that as well and, and you know, kind of put it all together. It gives you a nice a nice picture. Oh, yeah. And if I may, um, if I can bring it up. Of course. Oh, um, hey, last week during, during the alliance, mm-hmm. uh, someone in the chat room had asked about tying in real-world holidays into ESO. All right, things like Christmas, Easter... So, mm-hmm. I know quite a few people had answered back that you know there are more than enough gods, yeah, exactly more than enough holidays. You know, if you've ever played any other Scrolls game in the past, you know that you know whether when Yvonne posts on Twitter every day, you know what day it is and what exactly the holiday is for. Man, Zoss has it easy. <laughs> it <has> so much <laughs> lore. It's like we don't need to make something like Wookie Life Day um, oh, or God, you know. <laughs> Or things like that, because you know, we have to incorporate Thanksgiving into our game because we have a crap ton of stuff already that's laid out for us. Oh yeah, without oh, a doubt. Oh, 
All I think is like make the conversion. Right? What day is it today? It's oh, it's June sixth, twenty fourteen. What's today's date? Oh, this holiday. Okay, cool. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's um, there's some there's there's some summoning days where, you know, if you go into into like a chapel for that that particular deity, um, they'll give you like they'll give you like a free blessing and, and you won't have to pay them, or they'll they'll give you you know like a potion or something and and like that's actually written there that as per you know their culture in like I don't know it's usually Daggerfall they're kind of crazy over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, you know, if you go into you know a, t- a temple for this particular deity on their summoning day, you will be granted like a free blessing. And if they had that in Elder Scrolls Online, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, how great would it be to just immerse yourself in the culture, um, knowing that walking in like, oh man, you know, today's today's the twelfth of Evening Star. It's the summoning day for so and so. Let me go in there and get my free. Uh, my free blessing or, or you know whatever what have you shake's gonna go to nocturnal shrine and get, and get the free look <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um someone in the chat room had said that zosh should let us be followers of deities in eso and i i think that would be be uh very very keeping i think that'd be really cool if we had you know a little a little part of our character creation where it says you know I'm a follower of, of this particular deity who represents, you know, this. Yeah, can you imagine the roleplay abilities? If so, uh, opposite factions or opposite religions who don't get along with your deity, mm-hmm. that would be that would be cool. That might even be like a, a good way to bring in some like new new skill lines. You know, you're you're a follower of so and so and they don't get along with this, these other groups of followers, you know, maybe get like a, a skill line that, that gives you, you know, bonuses to to um, to your attributes in some way, shape or shape or form. Or as uh uh Sabre here pointing in the chat room, uh quest directly from your deity. Mm. Oh man, that's a really good idea. That would don't definitely <coughs> That would line up with Shank's need to pick flowers. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I have no idea if there's a god of just. Actually, you know what? I I, I do that anyway. <laughs> Your comics god is up there, Shank. Just scroll up. A yeah, bit. I was just. I was just. I just. I was about to say. You know what? It's it's not. But it is there. So, you know, I'll just go around picking wheat and flowers. There you go. All right, guys. Your emails are next. Stay tuned. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Lou, pick up our first email, please. Our first email comes from Jack A. And Jack writes in, Dear EOSOTR. Hey, it's Jack A again. Hey, Jack. I would like to apologize for episode 91's question. I realize I never actually asked a question and confused some certain people. Shank. Yep. My question was really a suggestion by me to improve the Elder Scrolls 6. I want more guild and major slash side quest variety than just the Brotherhood, uh, Dark Brotherhood, uh, Thieves, etc. I call the Dark Brotherhood a dead horse because it's overdone and I want to see new things that we haven't seen before. Do you agree with me? Disagree. Thanks. Jack A. P.S. The question suggestion that had nothing to do with the Brotherhood or its forming, or the Brotherhood 300 or so years ago, this is my fault for not being clear and concise. Again, I'm sorry. 
So what do you think, Lou, from our, our serial emailer, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the best things that I love about the Elder Scrolls games is that they are, are, are a great hallmark for for role playing, and, and you know it's all about questing. And for someone to say we want he wants more variety of questing, that's, I'm all for that, especially if it involves more uh, more quests being offered uh, by the guilds. Okay, I mean, I want to use a case point. Like you know, when you finish the particular guilds in Skyrim. Okay, you you still get what's called the radiant quests, which mm-hmm. really aren't doing anything to drive the story. <clears throat> it's just, as I put it, it's just BS work. Yeah, it gets you money. Yeah, it may be a chance to improve skills if you haven't done them before. But you know what? In the end, you're not driving. You know that you, you've parked. You know that cart and that horse back in the barn where it belongs. Okay, you can't go any further with it. Um. So. For him to ask, you know, as a suggestion, I think it's a great suggestion. You know, I'm all for you know. Give more quests from the guilds, from any organization. I mean, you had how many people alone in Skyrim, especially what in Whiterun, and how many of them actually give you quests? Very true. Okay? Not many. Yeah, not many. It's a good point. You had yeah. all those NPCs, and you have uh, the possibility is endless there. About how many quests you can give that that can make, if not an overall impact to the overall main story, you know what? Make it important for Whiterun. You know, like it. Let's use Liz's favorite, Isolda. <laughs> okay. That's all, all of our favorites, Lou. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, t- the town bike, you know. <laughs> you know, or there's other stall keepers in the main square. Or, you know, that, that crazy nut job <laughs> preaching taluses. <laughs> I Divine love spark. you. <laughs> you know, I, I would have loved to have seen a major quest line involving him. That would have been awesome. It would have made no sense. <laughs> right, None. but you know, it'd be a hell of a doing it. Though. Yeah, it's like, going nowhere, but I'm, I'm liking this. You would have to, so, if you got a quest from that guy, you would have to go to every single major town in Skyrim and just proclaim the word of Talos. <laughs> right, and so many idiots says, he loves you! <laughs> um, there, there's something in the email. I, I agree with the fact that having you know more quest variety. I mean that that's not a, that's I I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I, I I would have to uh, disagree with uh, the notion that the Dark Brotherhood is overdone, or I guess in this you know Thieves Guild, whatever he's talking about here. Um, I don't know if overdone is. I mean, I, I, yes, the guilds are in you know each of the games, uh, but I think there's they're very different uh, in my experience. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't call them overdone just because I think having something like that is, is A, it's part of the game. Um, it, it's traditionally. And it's also part of the, the history of the world, per se. So um, I think it's... If, now, if they if they had some cooler variety with the Dark Brotherhood, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that'd be cool. But I, I'm not necessarily sure that they've been overdone. No, there's there's always and when it comes to the Dark Brotherhood, um you can you can I don't think they're overdone either. Um I think they it could use a little a little sprucing. Um I I like the idea of the the quest chain being, you know, you, you go out there and you have targets and you you kill them. Um but that's sort of where it stops and it's that's sort of where it begins and ends for the Dark Brotherhood. 
if they were to add a little bit more to that, and, and we, we saw that in Skyrim, there was there was some drama that surrounded you know the Dark Brotherhood, and, and that was cool. Um, but if they add a little bit more variety to to the Dark Brotherhood quest chains, um, especially in Elder Scrolls Online, I mean, what a fantastic opportunity! I mean, you can join the Dark Brotherhood, go through a quest chain, and then like six months later, they put in an update, and guess what? The story has evolved, and the places have evolved, and and the people that you killed. There's, they're coming after you now, or, or their associates are coming after you now, and you sort of have to defend yourself against them. And then six months later after that, like that becomes a thing too. And, you know, you, you defended yourself and you got rid of those guys, but now, you know, the Dark Brotherhood feels a certain way and, and the Night Mother is telling you to go after these other targets as well as a result in retaliation. And it becomes like almost like a, like an inner city gang war kind of a thing. And how cool would that be? Yeah, like the Morak Tongue. The more tanks of existence. Can you imagine that faction war? Because oh, what do they both do? They both assassinate people. And a, a pissing contest between the Dark Brotherhood and the Morag Tong. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we actually had Pellin in the in the in the chat room saying only way DB can be spruced up is techniques of killing. And actually, um, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the things why the Oblivion or the Dark Brotherhood really struck a chord with me because there's so many unique ways. Uh, for example, you drop the moose head on the guy. Yeah, and I know Avar, when you were recently playing, where you had to I sneak back through the Imperial prison, yeah, um, that was cool. And I think it's they do, uh, but you know, more of that, not a bad thing. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, so yeah, I think I think Jack is in our is in our chat room. Um, he's saying, uh, Avar, when write that down. Here's here's one of the great things about MMOs that I think maybe some some of the some of the single player. Elder Scrolls fans out there who aren't too sure about this thing being an MMO format may not be seeing the whole picture. When you have an Elder Scrolls MMO, Tamriel is it, it lives and breathes in a way that you've never experienced it before. You don't you don't have to wait for a huge DLC to come out from Bethesda to feel extra stuff inside the game. You don't have to wait for that. You get little little bits of DLC here and there, and then boom, a big a big update happens, and there's more to to play through, and then and then in a giant expansion, you know, once a year or once every two years hits, and now all of a sudden there's there's stuff in the game that that's just tremendous, you know, m- tremendous amounts of of updates have have occurred, and you know the, the update that I or the information that I described would be like a tiny little a little update in the game that would just increase your 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 gameplay and Elder Scrolls being in an MMO is the closest version of Tamriel that we're ever going to have that is a living breathing Tamriel and to put yourself inside of that sort of situation, if you're a huge Elder Scrolls fan, I don't think could could be any better. I, I really, I truly, I don't. Um, I, I feel like we maybe probably got a little too long on that. Um, I do apologize, but uh, we do have a second email, and Shank, I'd like to for you to uh, to to go on that, please. All right, uh, Shank. Re- oh, that's my notes. Uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> do you refer yourself hey, to the third person all the time? <laughs> Hey guys, Dara Sticks here. Huge fan of the show. I listen to you guys in my truck driving to work. Smiley face. Anyway, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on the recent announcement from Zoss about players' houses not being at launch and further implementation is iffy. 
Do you think the lack of player housing will hurt ESO as an MMO? Question mark as an Elder Scrolls game? Question mark from Daristix. Um, I can't speak to the MMO piece. I can speak to the Elder Scrolls piece. Um, I personally, if you've seen any of my live streams, I spend a lot of time in my house and just doing stupid things as like, maybe this book goes here. Ah, no, you know what? Maybe, maybe it actually, it actually kind of goes like maybe this angle. Um, I think as a core piece of like Elder Scrolls, having a house is something really cool. Um, it's, it's, yes, it's, a, it can be a place to just dump your stuff and just go off, do whatever you want for the rest of the game. Um, but I know there's uh, myself, my friends at home, and I'm sure many of you guys that may be watching or listening are, are like me and spend a great deal of time just decorating your house because you can. Um, so I think, uh, I, I don't know how the MMO mechanics of it, but from purely the Elder Scrolls standpoint, um, I think it's just purely from Elder Scrolls, I think it's a miss. I don't know about MMO pieces. Maybe you guys have a lot more information. Arwen and Lou? Um, I sort of feel like like player housing, especially in MMOs, is a cool feature to have um, if you do it the right way. Certainly Rift has done it uh, in a way that I, I just adored. Um, the last time I had player housing, I think might have been in Final Fantasy XI, and I didn't understand it. Um, but it was always fun and cool to to have a place that that's mine and my own, and I go in there and sort of just you know hang out. In Star Wars The Old Republic, I've got my ship. And I, I definitely go in there with this RP thing in my head saying, like, all right, it's time to go home and, and relax for a little bit and, and see what else I want to accomplish in the game. And in Star Wars The Old Republic, I, I've unlocked certain features on my ship, like um, having uh, access to the auction house, the Galactic Trade Network. I've got a mailbox in there that I was able to unlock, um, training dummies so I can, I can uh, figure out how I want to play my character. That's what's really awesome about having a player housing in MMOs. And um, you could say, you know, good, bad, or different things about, about you know, the SWOTOR example I gave you. But the fact is, is that, you know, I have access to all of this. And it's a cool thing to, you know, walk into my ship and, and say, like, okay, now I'm home. And here are all my companions. And we're going to hang out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at some personal things that I don't necessarily want to, you know, have to stand in the middle of, of – um, of a zone in order to, you know, sort through, or I don't want to have to stand in the middle of the, uh, you know, the, the main, the main city and, and have to sort through if, if Elder Scrolls Online had player housing, I think it'd be really awesome, but I don't think that people are going to miss it when it launches without player housing. Lou, what do you got to say on that? I, starting back from, you know, when I start, first started playing MMOs back in 99, where there was no housing whatsoever. Um, was even thought back that, and coming into it now, uh, player housing. I I think if it's not in the game at launch, I don't think it's gonna hurt it at all, because at least for me, what I think, there'll be so many other things to do in the game. People will just be enjoying experiencing the game for what it is. That yeah, it'd be nice, but you know what? They're not going to miss it. Okay, um, you know, player housing is neat. It's a really neat feature. You know, it's a way for, for players to, another way for them to unwind, uh, engage in other role-playing abilities, uh, even gather. I mean, in other games that we've seen or we've played, you know, there are guild houses. 
okay? Places where the guilds can get together and all hang out in one place. Uh, for example, like EverQuest 2, Lord of the Rings Online, you know, you build, you all chip in, you get your house, and you get to do things, you know? Um, like with Bradford, his Lord of the Rings Online guild, you know, their guild house, what do they have there? Oh, yeah. They have trophies in every, every uh, you know, major, you know, low tour raid they've done, you know, as a physical testament saying, you know what? Yeah, we've killed that guy, we've killed her, we've killed them, and this is our, our, our love me wall. Mm. <laughs> essentially you know we, we've done this we've accomplished this and it's for people to see for them to remember yeah we, we you know we did it you know it gives them a sense of accomplishment um, and for other games like EQ2 you can go crazy <laughs> like Barwin does in Rift with his housing zone <laughs> Well, he'll spend an hour and a half, two hours. Like, dude, where are you? Oh, I, I'm in my house. I had string you lights. Know? I had string lights, Lou. String lights. They were beautiful. Yes, I know. I was there. <laughs> you were putting them. That's all good. Yeah, I mean, literally, folks. You know, player housing. Yes, neat feature. Will people miss it? Not really. But if it does come out, I think it's a really great feature that players will enjoy once they really get the hang of it and say, you know what? You know, you'll spend 20 minutes going. I'm going to put this chair right here. I had a patio, Lou. I had a patio. You remember my patio? Yeah, that actually was pretty cool. I actually tried to recreate the my own. I actually was biting off you from that, but I couldn't do it. It wasn't quite working on my zone. I was pissed. I missed my rift patio. You know, player housing, if you're talking strictly Elder Scrolls, the single-player game, come on. How many of us actually went out and became a thane and got the house in every hold? Okay, <laughs> at least try to, because <laughs> you want to. It's cool. It's, it's a great place up. You know, you become a Skyrim hoarder. <laughs> they had okay. Bethesda had a whole DLC dedicated to the idea of player housing. Remember a little thing called Hearthstone? Mm-hmm. Hearth, Hearthfire. Hearthfire. <laughs> Damn you, Morku! So, Damn you! <laughs> you know, and again, it leaves it open to everything. I mean. Play housing will be neat. Uh, however, I will say this though: I wouldn't want them to delay the game. <laughs> Should put it in. I'd rather have them release the game and have as a neat, you know, added deal suit later on. You know, yeah. as the months go on. And that's that's the uh, the yeah, more cue of Tamriel is laughing at me in, in the chat room now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should, you should check out his Hearthstone uh, stuff on on QGN uh, Twitch uh, YouTube channel, by the way. Um, that's another thing that I want to throw out there, okay? Uh, Elder Scrolls fans, all right, just because the game comes out doesn't mean... W- look, when Elder Scrolls Online comes out, it's not complete. It, ZeniMax will tell you it's not complete. Why is it not complete, Avarun? Because they just launched the game. How can that mean it's not complete? It's not complete because they're doing updates, man. Tons and tons of updates. Not not three months from now, not six months from now, not two years from now, but for the duration, the life of the game until they shut the servers down 15, 20 years from now, and that is a possibility, they will be doing updates on this game. Updates, man. And the reason why they're going to be doing updates is to add in stuff like player housing. What did they say? It won't be in at launch. Okay, so read between the lines. Just because it doesn't mean it's just because they're saying it's not going to be there at launch doesn't mean we are never going to have player housing. I guarantee you, a year from launch, they're going to have an update for player housing. 
I guarantee you that. And if I'm wrong, fine, I'm wrong. Then then everyone can write a little email and says, if Arwen was wrong, it's been a year since it's, and it's not out and there's no player housing, and fine, then I'll be an idiot and I'll be wrong yet again. But I really sincerely think that player housing is definitely a cool thing. It's definitely welcome in Elder Scrolls Online. And we, uh, I, I definitely think that Zenimax is, is at least thinking about it, if not already building it. Gentlemen, any points on that? That's it. Yeah, I think that's okay. it. I mean, we've all, we've all, I think we've covered it pretty well. All right. And our final email comes from Cameron, who says, in terms of how Zenimax is handling the development and news to the community, they have me hooked regardless. First, I'm an Elder Scrolls fan and have played them all since Morrowind when I was 11. I'm just like you guys. I love video games and the mythos that goes with the adventure of Elder Scrolls and Tolkien and Star Wars. Second, I am more or less in the MMO crowd too. I played World of Warcraft on and off for years from Vanilla, which is its original build, to Wrath, Wrath of the Lich King. I really do not want to see this become Guild Wars 2, which had a lot of hype then, for me at least. Lost my appeal in two days. But I do not think this will happen because it is an Elder Scrolls universe. I'm sure I would love Star Wars The Old Republic if it was on Mac for the lore. Oh, look, he's a Star Wars fan. I like him already. Three. I have a Mac, so my options for MMOs are limited. So I'm very excited for this game. I look forward, so look forward, to character creation, progression, and exploration. I roleplay extensively in my head for all of my characters in my Elder Scrolls games, and most games in general, so it will be a boon for me. For, my, uh, for me, PvP will be a bonus because I always assume PvP in MMOs are going to <laughs> are going to be frustrating at worst and exhilarating when it's at its peak. What I would like to know is can you please enlighten me to what other MMOs are you guys referring to the community will jump ship to if Zenimax does not soon reveal endgame rating. Sincerely, Cameron, in quotes, ate a whole baguette on the way home from the store, end quote, the preserver. <laughs> we get some really interesting uh, signatures, as you can see. Baguettes are delicious, dude. Yeah, uh, they are. <laughs> they are. I'm, I'm a fan of baguettes. Uh, Cameron, now when we spoke about the lack of PvE information from Zoss, I think the big takeaway from that that conversation was that it's very frustrating for us uh, to hear people say that they believe the game is devoid of any PvE and raiding content after level 50, and that it's just a PvP game at that point. Uh, the MMO crowd jumps from game to game as they release, however right now the most important part is that people understand ESO for what it is. Uh, we strive each week to get the right information out so people understand what this game is. Uh, it's very frustrating for us to be battling ignorance from an otherwise potentially excited fan base for ESO, and that the root of that ignorance rests on Zenimax's rigid information release schedule. Um, PvP is important. It is important, all right? But PvE needs to be spoken about just as much and just as often, otherwise you get the problem we're seeing right now. People who have no idea the game has features they would like to play because there isn't any detailed information about it out there. Now, last week, you know, Nick Conkle was good enough to explain to us that we've got a release schedule. You know, just be patient with us. I trust him. I am patient. 
I'm going to be patient and I trust him for his word. Um, they're, they're going to give us information. We just have to be patient about it. And, you know, and, and this show is going to, um, we're going to be patient, but we're also, we're also going to see, we're also going to be critical when, when we think that it's necessary to be critical when, when the community out there is, is sort of saying, um, Hey guys, Hey, what about this? What about X, Y, and Z? What about one, two, and three? We're going to come out there. And we're going to say, Hey, Hey Zoss. Hello. Um, this needs to happen. Information needs to come out about this sort of thing, or, you know, this is maybe not so good, or maybe, maybe this could be better, or maybe there's, this could be rethought in a different way or, you know, and they, they, they take it and they hear it and they, they say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll look at it. But, um, the fact is, is that's kind of how we do things around here. We, you know, we listen, we keep our ear to the ground to, to hear what you're saying. And, and if, uh, you know, if, if there's, if there's, uh, a need to, to speak up, then, then we will. All right, guys, uh, we had a big, fat, uh, big, fat show today, and uh, I think that's going to be kind of like the way we do things around here from now on. Big, big old, fat, roly-poly shows just, you know, bogging down your commute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's the bottom of the show, but time for the top of your final thoughts. Gentlemen, um, you have been fantastic this episode. Lou, what are some of your final thoughts here? Uh, Final thoughts. Uh, I really did like the dev question of the week. Uh, again, yes, they, they brought up some more PvP, but I thought it was interesting that they brought up that, that, that type of scenario to really get players' feedback, or at least get an inkling of what players will do, the kind of deviousness they'll come up with <laughs> when they're fighting in Cyrodiil. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, the launch date. You know, I'm psyched for it. You know, I'm already planning ahead. I already started doing it yesterday. Uh, so I'm really starting to get excited, uh, even more excited, and uh, you know, hopefully we can do a 24-48 hour marathon. You know, just saying. Mm, don't worry. Looking we, forward uh, to that. Now that we have our our uh, release date, uh, planning for our our uh, 24 hour marathon is going to start up. We will be doing it for charity, and I want to talk to some of these guys around here. Um, one of the charities that I was considering uh, will will not be. I don't. I don't really want to do it for uh, for Child's Play because they, they they get a lot of attention and they don't necessarily need attention from us. Um, I would like to do it for Wounded Warriors, but um, that's all in the planning stages, uh, far off, and we're we're going to try and see what we can do. But we have always said on the show that when the game comes out, we want to do a twenty four hour live stream for charity and. Uh, we we hold to that, and I'm thinking about doing it for Wounded Warriors. Uh, Shank, final thoughts? Um, <clears throat> just want to say, uh, first of all, to all the people that tweeted me today that commented on my uh, admittedly extremely controversial, extremely divisive, and uh, admittedly bold article, um, thank you for your support. Um, I was not expecting the amount of support that I got. I genuinely, I'm not just saying that, I really was not expecting that. So I sincerely appreciate um, all the positive comments I got. Um, that being said, um, as you can probably tell from the game, uh, from the article, excuse me, I still have uh, many issues that I am concerned about as uh, a member of the community, as a, as a single-player fan, and, of course, 
I need to remind you that I don't represent every single uh, Elder Scrolls single-player purist out there. I am just one man who has a very uh, extreme play style, and because of that, I carry with me very extreme views on how I should play an Elder Scrolls game. So with that said, I, I still have many issues that remain unanswered, and... As Varwin probably summed it up best in the middle of the episode, you know, Shank, you have a bar, and you're not satisfied until it hits that bar. I could not have summed it up better than Varwin did. So um, that's where I stand uh, right now. Um, okay, so on on that Shank, I have to say that I I like it when when you you roll up your sleeves and you get a little down and dirty. Um, we we support Elder Scrolls. We support Elder Scrolls Online. They have they have our hearts, and I already adore that game and cannot wait for it to come out. Uh, because of that, we have the the responsibility um, because we have so many followers, and that's probably the one and only time you're ever going to hear that come from my mouth. All right, but we do have a, a lot of followers. We have the ear of the Elder Scrolls community. We have their respect. And we need a guy like you, Shank, to, to go out there and sort of um sort of sort of ruffle things up a little bit and say, you know, is this where it should be? And on some points I, I agree with you. On some points I, I disagree with you, but you're making the points and I always one hundred and ten percent fully support you. I will always support your your opinions, and you will always have a home for those opinions here on these sites. And that goes for anyone for QGN, and especially when you decide that you think that you've got something that needs to be said, I fully support it. And um, that's just that's just the end of that. Um, my well, final, thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, my final thoughts for this episode: I am totally stoked that we finally have a release date for Elder Scrolls Online, man. April 4th, 2014. I kid you not, I am taking the entire week off. <laughs> that, that is absolutely... I may actually take... I may, Depending on how much time I have, I may, I may end up taking two. <laughs> Wait, what's Pax East again? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Um... <laughs> However, according uh, on on these final thoughts, um, we've always said on the show we are we are we back the Aldmeri Dominion. You know what? Not everyone here backs the Aldmeri Dominion. Um, certainly, certainly, Dave is is a huge Ebonheart Pact fan, and, and he's you, wrong. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not not everyone here backs the Aldmeri Dominion, and I think it's it's important for us to finally say something like this because even though we we do we have people that love the Aldmeri Dominion, we also have people that love the Ebonheart Pact, and we also have people that love Daggerfall Covenant. And I think it's time that we just sort of came out and said that we full we fully embrace all of these factions in the game. Um, but I don't think when the game finally comes out that all of the hosts here are going to have fun if we're forced to play the Aldmeri Dominion. And I just sort of want to make it public knowledge that, hey, the hosts on this show may be on different sides of Tamriel. And 
certainly our our giant um, guild uh, called ESOTR um, on Tamriel Foundry is, uh, you know, they, there's there it says that it's an Aldmeri Dominion Guild, but I don't think everyone, I don't think all those, you know, 380 plus close to 400 uh, players are going to be Aldmeri Dominion when the game comes out. So if you're thinking about, if you're thinking about joining another, another faction, all right, if you're, if you're a part of QGN, if you're part of our community, don't think that we're going to alienate you because you're not Aldmeri Dominion. Certainly I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about playing another faction as well. So, you know, and truthfully, you know, and John Supa always likes to tell us this, you know, we're probably going to be playing all of the factions anyway. So it doesn't really matter, but um, certainly when the launch comes out, you got to make a choice. And uh, I think we're going to have a nice eclectic um, scope on this show regarding factions, just like we have a nice eclectic scope on how to play Elder Scrolls and, and what that means. I talk a lot. Sorry. <laughs> Lou, uh, could you please get into the community segment for me? Sure thing. Our QGN community segment check up on the latest and greatest in Elder Scrolls news, general gaming, and how to join our wonderful growing community. Yes, please. Come on, folks. We welcome everyone coming to join us. Find us at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com or you can email us at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord at gmail.com. Twitter, if Twitter is your thing for the show, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, you can find us at Elder Scrolls OTR. Eve Arwen, the man of a million and one voices, is at Eve Arwen, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. I can be found at, yeah, whatever. Um, next, Dave. <laughs> Dave can be found at, <clears throat> no, I'm not going to do it, D-I-E-N <laughs> Force. <laughs> or as Shake probably wrote in there, DN Force has no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got you. <laughs> Shake, Shake can be found at Shake. The tank, save. Drop the last E for savings, and Shank probably came up with the name when he wasn't typing very well. <laughs> <laughs> we can also be found at QuestGamingNetwork.com, where you will find all, all this wonderful goodness. From not only Elder Scrolls Off the Record, but from Totally Heroes, all the shows at one place. And there you go. QuestGamingNetwork.com. And while you're there, you can donate to our shows. There should be a little button there on the site. $10 gets you a special mention if you prefer. Uh, we please ask that uh, you specify which episode you'd like to be announced in. However, you know, any amount you donate is a big help to the network overall. And also there we are on site. Like I just said, you can follow all of the shows like Riff Off the Record, which is live Sundays, Sunday, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can find them too at Rift OTR on Twitter. Dungeon Quest. That's right, folks. Our Christmas special is due to record live on December 23rd. You can find us there at, at DQ podcast totally heroes totally mondays at 10 p.m eastern find them at totally heroes on twitter what, what? and and <laughs> oh, 
I'm so excited to say this. <clears throat> Go for it, Lou. Do it. Swotor Reforged is coming back. Monday. Wow. Monday. <laughs> January 13th, 2014. Just a few away. 7 p.m. Eastern. That's right. The lightsabers, the blasters, the jump to light speed. It's all happening, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> we have forums. Yes, we do. You can find them at Quest Gaming Network. I'm sorry, QuestGamingCommunity.com. Sign up, participate. We're all there. We're, you know, ask us questions, exchange ideas, comments, complaints, anything and everything. You can find us there. Join the forums. We're also on Facebook. Like us there. Facebook.com forward slash Elder Scrolls off the record. And if you like what you see, you can check out all our gaming videos, our how-to guides, and podcasts live at Twitch TV forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Or check out any that you may have missed or just want to watch it again at YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Gentlemen, it is time to say goodbye. Let's start with Lou. Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope to see you all again next time. And Dave. <laughs> Shank. Now and forever and always shadow hide you. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Chat room, thank you for hanging out with us. You guys are unbelievable. Wonderful numbers coming out today in the chat room. And as always, may the foose be with you. Fusel down!